Welcome to Free Range American Podcast. We're here in South Texas, in good old Bernie, Texas, at Jared's Bar, as usual. Yes. Jared and Matt. And we have a wonderful guest today, uh, former Navy SEAL and Why awesome. Why do you say it like that? You know, I'm just jealous. You know, you guys got, you guys <laughs> got a lot of clout in the streets. So uh, clout. No, but a, a friend of ours, a, a very good human, Dan Crenshaw. Thank you so much for taking the time to drive down and see us, man. It's I'm really awesome. excited to sit and chat with you. We've done it a few times on yeah. Instagram, and I'm excited. One of uh, his hidden talents that he just showed us is he knows what words aren't words. It's true. Cluppy. Um, is that a word? Uh, you, you really changed the the standards here because a second ago you said I <laughs> I, I apostrophe s was a word. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's 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 the conjunction for I was. No, it's not. I don't think it is. I don't, he didn't go to college. He didn't go to college. He didn't go to college. All right. All right. I guess, <laughs> did you I guess do, it's did two you, against one here. Did you go to any school <laughs> ever? I, I, I went to I, Columbia, I Columbia guess, Southern University. I guess. Well, let's, let's actually back up. The reason okay. we brought up eyes was because of Matt's microaggression. Oh, right? when, he, oh, when he's using, yes. he's yeah, using yeah, eyes, then, plural. No, you can't use the eye, eyes, plural, around me. Right. Because it's offensive. Right, because you have one eye. Right. It's like me saying arms. Because you don't have the use of two arms, at the right? Moment. So if you could not use that, I won't use eyes. Right. Well, what do I and get I to not that, use? And now we respect we each other's truth. We respect, respect each, each other's, other's truth, truth, which is really important in today's. Wait, age what happens? Wokeism. I get my arm back after surgery. What happens? Then well, we that, go back. You change your offense. Yeah. Then. Then yeah. I can just immediately go yeah. back to how I was. I can just yeah. kind of chameleon yeah. it. Yeah. If, yeah. I mean, really, neither you one of you are allowed to say heavy around me. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, this what about phone synonyms of heavy? Of all of them. All okay. of them. <laughs> uh, because you're 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 talking about my weight problem. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna start off quick <laughs> since we hit the arm thing before we get into Dan. I'm stoked to have this podcast, but I know everybody's gonna hit me up on YouTube and all that. I tore my bicep. I'm completely fine. I get surgery Tuesday. Probably when this comes out, uh, I'll be done yeah, with surgery. All you good. Keep Moving doing on. this. I get surgery Tuesday. You know, I looked up. The survivability probability of that surgery. Yeah. It's like 4%. Good. You should really? make a shirt in my, yeah. That's for, way for worse a, than coronavirus. Bicep. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, 4% survivability. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Wow. For okay. a bicep, that's huh? A, that yeah. Seems... That's what I looked up. That's why sure? I was like, was man, it reversed? No, 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 no. I didn't reverse. But did you I look don't. at that at Josh Hopkins University? Yeah, that's I went to real, Josh Hopkins University. John yeah. How is Josh doing? It's great. Yeah. It's his uncle. He lives down in Montgomery, like, are Alabama. Are you sure you read runs- a book? Are you sure it wasn't nothing? <laughs> <laughs> which, is a, which is a good point. You, you reference book um, as a New York Times bestselling author myself. No, uh, you, yes. you, you, you recently just wrote a book. How, how has that process been going? Because I know it's fairly arduous yeah. and from flash to bang and the, the, the production side of it all the way through releasing it and the media tour. Because um, we spoke back on Instagram when it just first came. How's it going for you, man? been going good we've uh yeah sales have been crazy we're on the new york times bestseller for 10 weeks congratulations um, holy shit congratulations like, it was it was pretty good because i i bashed the new york times quite a bit in the book and just in my daily life and i think they had one they didn't many. give you one then one what number one no they never gave me number one they won't they gave me number i outsold five. i was best yeah. i was num- i'm number two on audio and then i, I was yeah. number two on audio that was as high they as gave I you got. five Five, five for the hardcover. Maybe yeah. that's that's their because I was five too. Yeah, I think that that's their we're like we have best, to give it to these conservatives. Uh, we'll just we can't give them on. I outsold. Yeah. I'm sure as you like ten x the yeah. uh, the the second or first. I place. probably didn't honestly because I mean just 
it depends on who you're competing with at any given time. True. And like we had like Untamed, like that that book oh. is crazy. And then yeah. you got Michelle Obama, she's selling twenty thousand a week. I mean, it's and then and now White Fragility sells a hundred thousand a week. And so that's that that book. That is wow. It. Yeah. Oh, I haven't that heard book. about that. that is, one. You haven't heard about White as, Fragility? Uh, I that's, could I could assume you can deep what it dive is. into that later. Oof. It's a know. book. How's it been going right now? Because I feel like the world is crazy. The nation is kind of crazy right now. There's all this hyperbole. There's all this like slander. There's these like people focusing on politics that are not, that are creating issues rather than solving the complex issues that are going on in our mm-hmm. society right now. Like what's it like being representative in that zone? Like, is it just, I, I can't believe how frustrating, but I, I commend you um, for trying to make a difference yeah. and have a voice for veterans and the, the pro second amendment community. It's frustrating because you're a bit helpless. Um, and there's a lot of everybody listening right now is is thinking the same thing. When are you going to Republicans going to do something about this? And I get that sentiment. And and I think I think there's a fair critique that not enough Republicans are constantly speaking out against the mob. Um, I do. I do as much as I can. Uh, we, we you know we do have lots of other like tasks as a representative besides just like the messaging. I personally take the messaging part very seriously. I, I, I run my office almost like a like a communications office almost primarily because. You know, Nancy Pelosi doesn't have us in session, so we're not doing legislation. Um, we're in the minority, so they're not going to accept our ideas for for legislation Anything. anyway. Yeah. And so part of leadership and part of representing is, well, a huge part of it is communicating. And so this is, this is why I take this stuff so seriously. It's why I have my own podcast. It's why I wrote a book. By the way, that book is called Fortitude. Fortitude. <laughs> I forgot to say that. Yeah. Um, American Resilience in the Era of Outrage. And the, the book was unfortunately... Um, very prescient on what's going on right now. It foretold the story that's happening right in front of us because a lot of us have been writing about this for a long time, this sort of disintegration of America. Yeah. And it has a long history to it. People think it's just a bunch of spoiled kids, uh, you know, and, and they got some ideas in their heads and it's part of that's true, but that's only part of the story. This goes back. I think there's multiple threads here that kind of come together to attack the American story. And the last chapter in my book is literally about what's happening right now, this sort of attack on American history, attack on the American founding, attack on America itself, the Americanism that we hold dear, this, this notion that the Declaration of Independence is a good thing, this notion that the Constitution is a good thing, this notion that Western Enlightenment ideals of individual liberty, personal property rights, um, actual unalienable rights that, that can't be infringed upon, um, and that government is there to protect both against government and from other people. These are very liberal ideals that are being torn apart. And so that comes, where does that come from? That comes, you can go all the way back to the French Revolution for how that happened. And then into Marxism and then into the Soviet Union and their, and their propaganda into America over the course of the 20th century that led to the uprising in the 60s, which is very similar to what we're seeing now. Right. Um, and, but then there's another thread too. And that other thread, I think, is progressivism itself. The progressivism uh, started under Woodrow Wilson as this sort of hatred of communism, or sorry, hatred of the Constitution. They also didn't like communists. They're not, they're not like communists, but they're centralized controllers. They loved, fe- and, and, and by the way, like people like FDR, Woodrow Wilson, they were very sympathetic to fascism. They loved Mussolini's fascism. It was only until fascism became equated with Nazism that they were like, well, that's a bad thing. Yeah, maybe. So when fascism it, yeah. became racist, they were they they stood on the right side of that and we fought the Nazis, and that's a good thing. But don't forget that they were fascists themselves. They wanted centralized control. They said the Woodrow Wilson said the Constitution was outdated. 
shouldn't use it. We should put journalists in jail when they dissent. And they did. They put thousands of journalists in jail. People wonder, can this ever happen here? It did happen here. It happened here in the early 1900s with Woodrow Wilson. That's By, by the way, that's like when, when Princeton was like, hey, let's remove Woodrow Wilson from our school. You know, that was the only one where I was like, that's a good idea. That, guy, <laughs> that guy's a bad, bad dude. He was very racist. He believed in, in you know, they, they, the progressivism to them meant like scientific control over society. I mean, you can see it like, like, that side wants control. Look at what mm-hmm. happened the last 120 exactly. days. They exactly. want as much as they can that that will allow. And that hasn't like, changed for a century, right? That 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 threat of progressivism hasn't changed for a century. We want scientists and academics to control everything about you. We don't believe that you can possibly have different preferences. We don't believe that people are capable of self-governance. The constitution is outdated. This is a very this is an original progressive idea. Over time, they kind of, you know, spruced it up a little bit. And in order to do that, eventually evolved into identity politics. And so, okay, let's look at the history of that. Yeah. 1960s, a guy named Herbert Marcuse of the New Left, they really, they really put this formula out there for the leftists. And now these were Marxists. But they're like, how are we going to get Marxism to take hold in a place where the working class seems kind of happy, right? You're talking about 1950s, yeah. 1960s America. The working class isn't, like, devastated. Right. So how do we get them to rise up and destroy the one percent and 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 take over the, the 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 means of production? Well, they have to move into identity politics. That's how, because in the end, you're just building a coalition of people who feel oppressed and disenchanted. No, that's so, a fast. It's a fast way to unite. Yeah. I mean, that's how you. They need fifty-one percent. Humans, humans will unite faster with hate than they will with anything else. Well, it's a far more easy energy and and it's less complicated because you when base you off emotion place and not blame, logic yeah when you place mm-hmm. blame on something and then give people the 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 means to hate that yep. because you've now given you it, provide them a story yes, you provide right. them a story and it's not that hard in america because we do have a bad history and we've got our we've got a we've got to deal with that where where groups like the black community were clearly subjugated and oppressed yeah, I, I mean, if you look back in after World War II and what we did as far as, you know, loans and grants to the mm-hmm. African-American community and the black community, it was it was a travesty. Right. And that's the way I look at it. It's like for me, it's regressive in nature. A lot of this narrative is because we're focusing on where we were rather than where we're at yeah. today. Or and I'd rather solve do? the complex issues Please. that we're dealing with today rather than being regressive and looking right. at what had happened. It's like and, and I made that analogy earlier where. I could go back and judge 15-year-old Matt insanely high, and I made lots of mistakes. I made statements I probably shouldn't have, but that's not who I am today. I took those learnings, and I yeah. took experience through life and education and applied those to critical thinking, and that is what guided me today to be more of a free thinker and more accepting across a global community, especially with technology and how, how versed we are with different cultures and all these things. And it's, it's, it's hyper bizarre for me that we're as a nation focusing on the past rather than this is where we're at the present. Let's focus on the future and create a free society. Let's create the quality of life for the American public. That is the best and sustainability. Like we can't just go under this notion of, you know, everything is fucking sunshine and rainbows. But all it this doesn't noise exist. is that's all it is, is it's noise. Nobody's out here offering solutions. I haven't seen anybody on that side. That's, say, that's the main hey, problem with the movement. Hey, they don't want solutions. Yeah. And I can get no, into that. In a hey, second. this is what would this is what would help. This is what would make us happy. This no, it's just noise. It's Power. just I'm mad. It's, it's, I'm mad. I'm going to break things because I'm mad. You can't have solutions because their their ultimate goal is power. And so so because of our because of our real actual history, right? There's there's a real history with oppressing communities. 
And, and so it was very easy for the left to basically continue that narrative, even after the civil, civil rights era, okay? And this is devastating because what you do is you lock a people, based on immutable characteristics, you lock a person into a victimhood narrative, right? You can never escape it. Yeah. And again, and what I write about in my book is, I'm not saying victimhood isn't real. It can be real. But there's a story you tell yourself after something bad has happened to you. And now you can wall, because self-pity is easy. Of course, right? and it's and it's 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 easy to explain your shortcomings if somebody else to make did an it to excuse you. as yeah. well. It's easy, you can, and, and again, even if it's true, don't do it, right? Because if if I care about somebody, if like if, if you if you're raising a child, of course you're going to teach them these things. Hey, even if it's true, don't act that way because it's dangerous for your own psychological well being, and I want you to succeed. And guess what? In our country in today's day and age, you, you can succeed. That that yes. is true. If you make certain decisions and if you have a certain mentality guaranteed you will succeed. Oh, that's not just my opinion. That's all in the data from liberal think tanks, by the way. Basically, finish high school, you know, have kids after 21 or before you're married, or sorry, after you're married, and get a job, any job. It's It's almost guaranteed you will not be in poverty. That is is fundamentally true in America and remains so. Decision-making. Yeah. And the consequences for decisions. Right. Hodgkins did a great piece on this. And people start at different levels. Like, there's no denying that. There's different advantages. But it is is not necessarily based on immutable characteristics. But there's this notion, identity politics relies on this notion that it is based on -on group-on-group power. And that the only way to to rectify it is to give another group power over another group. And if if, if you're in politics, it's a very powerful message. Vote for me. I'm going to give you power over that group. Yeah. Very powerful message. And it's easy. And they want to build that coalition. And so, so again, these threads are coming together. Identity politics, Marxism, which are, and so it's become sort of an, uh, this is a Dinesh D'Souza term, but like identitarian socialism. Mm-hmm. And, and it combines with progressivism um, that doesn't like a republic. They want a pure democracy. And so what are they, so, so how does that, what does that mean? It means Pack the Supreme Court, get rid of the Electoral College, add more senators from liberal states. Like that's why we voted to make Washington D.C. a state. Yeah. Last week, Democrats all wanted to make Washington D.C. a state. It's a pure did power. It, did grab. it get? Did it get passed? Well, by the House, yes. And then it'll go to. But the imagine Senate. if they win the Senate and they win the presidency, Washington D.C. will be well. Now it still has to have a constitutional change. So that's. I mean, that's it, been a movement for a long time, right? Well, they want that representation. Because, yeah. It's more signaling, but I, what I pointed out at the time was like, hey guys, America is having a hard time right now. And we just, and we're taking our like two days back in session to vote on Washington DC being a state. Yeah. You're getting well, a break. I have a really hard question for you then. I don't, I don't think you'd probably have the answer, but then how do you, cause I think there's so many dynamics that, that play into this as far as social media and all these constructs that people have developed in, in their own essence of how do I, you know, feel wanted by this tribal mentality that kind of is ingrained from us since we were fucking lobsters, you know, whatever, how long ago, but it's like, how do we, you were a lobster. I was was still a lobster. Navy SEALs invented lobsters. (laughs) They sure (laughs) did. (laughs) But like, how, how do you play into that where it's not, it's, it, the overall success and the goal should not be empowering one party left or right. For me, it would be, how do we make the American people succeed? And the more and more people that are identifying with identity politics and say, like, and that, that's my hardest part because I'm a conservative American, but people automatically believe with that labeling that every thought process and every belief system that I have is in line with said power or whoever represents me, which is incorrect. I'm sure you and I have a lot of things not in common, a lot in common. And, and, and that's always where I go back to like, you have to have those good critical conversations. But the yeah. problem is social media with clickbait and, the, and these baited titles, 
people are just going to conform to who is the most accepting group. And the louder the group, the more you're like, oh, well, you know, if I, if I go in the riots and, you know, walk me watching down with the BLM sign on my chest, then I'm going to get love on social media. And the injustice in that is not because you actually think Black Lives Matter. The injustice is because you're doing it for your own self-affirmation yeah. for it's a virtue community. Signaling. It, you it's know, virtue signaling. All, all the people in the last 10 or 15 days that have called me racist were well-off middle-aged white women. Well, yeah, they call a lot of black police racists too. <laughs> I know. That? There's like countless videos <laughs> like, of these of these white people I wanted screaming at black police officers. And like, guys, at this point, you know something has been corrupted yeah. in this narrative. Yeah, now you're broken. When, yeah, like this yeah. doesn't it, it it defies reason now. Because in, in this, you know, and they would explain, they have a lot of trouble explaining it. They start to get very no. angry when you when you point this out because there is no real There's explanation. No explanation. But but it starts to sound kind of like the ramblings of a crazy person. They say no no no. Well those they they're they're part of the the oppressive structures, right? And then they can never define what an, what that means. And like okay, well how do we fight it? How do we fight this oppressive structure together? Can you help me define it? Can we yeah. go into some detail, or are we just chasing ghosts? Yeah. And and, and this is the point about never finding a solution because. It's and not it, about it's not about the data. It's no, never it's, been about the data. It's never been about the data, but you it's know, not about solutions either. Because yeah. I mean, we can agree on you know, especially the more libertarian among us, like maybe we should have less laws yeah. that the police have to enforce. Yes, you know, because there's this talk about well, why why didn't the police, you know, at that Wendy's in Georgia, why didn't they just give them an Uber? Well, it's a good question, but the thing is, is that it's illegal for the police to do that. Yeah, the police get in trouble for doing that, and you put body cams on them then they definitely can't do that because now they'll get in trouble and maybe, you know, lose their job because now we know that they gave that guy an Uber, right? Yeah. Now, if you, if you, if you, you could just change the this, law, like, but you could change the law and say, hey, you know what? For drunk drivers, let's put them in an Uber. You could change the law. Now, maybe that's a good idea. Maybe it isn't, but let's have that debate yeah, in a democratic way. If, if everybody collectively came together and said, we want this to be a solution. Yeah. We want this. We're not saying that it's going to, it's going to deter people. You know, you're probably going to have a spike in, in drunk driving cases, because people th- know that the the, yeah. the well, consequences or, 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 or maybe, lessened, or maybe maybe you but, take them to court later. You know, maybe the consequences are the same. You just don't wrap them up and, and yeah. put them in handcuffs. I don't know. It, it, in any case, it's a democratic well, process that actually has to. I'll give to you a good happen. example. Like there was a there was a body cam going around about a month ago of a guy. Uh, a cop had pulled a woman over in a parking lot for for a taillight infraction, and she wanted to be rude and things like that. And of course, he escalated the situation based on the power he had. Okay, mm-hmm. you want to be yeah. rude? Now get out of the and car. Some she of doesn't want to get I out of the car. I think we've all experienced like, that to a then, large extent. Yeah, it does happen. It there's no denying that. It comes down to now he's tasing her. And this is a 40 to 50-year-old woman. Highly it's like you had, yeah. you had her license plate. You, you told her that she was going to get a ticket and she was refusing the ticket. Okay, at that point, be like, hey, I don't have time for this. I'll show up at your doorstep with my supervisor in a few hours because we know where you live. You've got your car registration. It's like, right. why escalate It's like, but you could even come out tomorrow and say, okay, States, you can now tell cops not to pull anybody over for tag infractions. Are they going to do that? No, they need the fucking income. Well, it's not up to cops though. It's not up to cops. Yeah, it's up to policymakers. Yeah, exactly. and, and like the, this, the, the cops are, are, are the ones enforcing this. And, and I've talked to so many cops about this. They're like, it is illegal for me not to do anything. It's illegal. And it's illegal for me not to follow procedure. And if you don't like procedure, you've got to change it. And so we're attacking the wrong people in many ways, yeah. which is why it's so gross to see 
these these Democrat mayors all over the country just throw their cops under the bus. And it's yeah. like, Dude, whoa, whoa, whoa. Portland it was you and your city worst. council yes. that told them to do this. Well, is, isn't that the systemic problem from my eyes, at least, is whereas like, you know, when we're passing legislation and law and all these things, it's like we bury these things under this, you know, 90 page document, which you would know extraordinary more amounts than me. But like, why can't we pass something that's more black and white instead of hiding 70 different issues in, in one thing, right? Yeah. And just being like, this is what as a free society we believe in and in creating. And we, we talked about this in a previous ex- episode was like the whole defund the police movement is like fund the police, man. Let's give them the proper resources, the proper funding, get quality individuals in there who act on law that is voted in by the people. And, and but th- that's where that conversation happens. I just don't think if you're paying a mall cop care. salary, you're gonna fucking get a mall cop. Well, and, if you're and paying I'm sure a, all of a us premium salary, you're gonna get a premium, a much more better, yeah. a, a better product. There's, there's a bunch but, of issues there I want to address. Yeah, please. But right where please. where you hit right before we did did this is nobody's finger pointing at the people actually responsible for this. Like you right, said, right. the the city council and the mayor. Right. That made the policy. Nobody is upseating these people and, and going. The question, you like, have failed at your job. You right. failed. Like no, because they're, they're very good at blaming. The Democrats in general are excellent at this. You see it in New York uh, with coronavirus. Like, but it's it's amazing how, how skillful they are at it. They're not that skilled. It's just that they have institutions like the media that will perpetuate those. That's a different different issue. A couple of things of what you said. Well, actually, I want to finish my my point about. Please, um, please. Um, not finding a solution. And it is related to your to your question about why don't we just vote on one issue at a time as opposed to packages. Okay. Um, so it is related. So the, the crime or the, let's see, the police reform bill, right? Senator Tim Scott, Republican uh, out of South Carolina, had was, was, the, was the lead on our bill on the Republican side. Very similar in many ways to the Democrat bill. The Democrat bill wasn't that crazy. There was just some things that you just, we just couldn't vote for um, specifically just erasing qualified immunity, qualified immunity. You can make a very good libertarian argument that that needs to be reformed. What's qualified immunity. Oh, in, in the simplest terms, it basically prevents you from being able to sue a police officer personally for bad civil conduct. Okay. Okay. Now there's a decent argument to be made that it protects police too much. Um, the data doesn't quite show that I've, I've had this conversation with my own Houston police union and so it's a complicated discussion, and it needs to be had. Um, it's also never been written in law. Okay, this is, this is it's the it's the consequence of many court decisions over time. So there's a decent and reasonable conversation to be had about qualified immunity. Like, are just because you're a police officer, are you immune to the same you know I, I guess criticisms and, and prosecu- yes. immune to prosecution that a normal citizen would face prosecution for? That's a decent question. Mm-hmm. We need to figure out if that's true. Because equality means a lot of things, and one of those is reciprocity. Mm-hmm. Reciprocity is an important, and, and I think if you're if you're if you're trying to take what the what the anger is on the streets in, in its best possible form. Now it never presents itself this way, but if you're trying to understand it, I think in the most gracious possible way, people feel, and in the black community, people feel like there's a lack of reciprocity. They feel like the police can get away with a lot more than they can get away with. That's a, and if that's true, that's a fair argument. You know what? Again. I think a lot of us would probably agree with that. You know, there's the, um, again, that story isn't just in the black community. I think it's in many communities. That's a fair thing to look at. It is, but we need to be, but it's, but we need to be proportionate. Yeah. I think Uh, burning cities down is, is is an excessively disproportionate reaction to that. Not a solution at all. And because, you know, like 
there's this other notion that, that, you know, only one community grows up being afraid of the police. That's not true. I, I was always taught to fear the police. Mm-hmm. Always. Like I have my heart like stops every time I see a cop car, you know, every time I, I don't, I don't know if that's healthy or unhealthy. It just is. Yeah. It just is what it is. And, and so, so the point is maybe there's a conversation to be had about equality of reciprocity as, as a fundamental founding, you know, founding ideal that our country is founded on. When we say equality, it means certain things. And that's a, that's a fair thing to have a conversation about. And so that's where qualified immunity honestly comes into play. Anyway, the point is, is the legislation wasn't that far off, but Democrats would not, would not vote on the things we agreed on. This happens all the time. And so, and this is a pure power play and it's a, and so, and so how do you change it? I don't know. Start shelling some of I these people know. out of the house. I, it, it's, it's, it's easy to say, Hey, yeah, but everybody says that. And it's like, it's not going to change it. Yeah. Um, just gonna it, get because, the same. because the system itself is designed that way. And, and it's, it's not clear that a bunch of different people would do it any other way. Um, because, because honestly, the reason you package a bunch of stuff together, it's usually because just for the sake of time. You know, and so, and, and, and the party in charge of the House, in this case, the Democrats, they don't care about making this stuff into law. They care about appeasing their base. And that's not going to change. I don't care who you vote in or out. It's just not going to change. And so they don't care that we agree on 80% of the legislation that they might put forth. And we, and we, we could, citizens would rise up, should rise up and say, hey, wait, hold on, you guys agree on 80%, so why don't you just cut out the rest of the 20%, yeah, and then we'll get work, it to yeah. the we'll Senate, on that, and get it to the president. Senate, yeah, exactly. yeah. And Democrats say no. And, and, and I'm sure that, and I, this, is, I, this is my only experience in the House, so I know this to be true on basically every piece of legislation. Now, they might say the same is true when Republicans were in charge, and they might be very well, very well be right. I, you'd have to look for a time when, which I guess there is, when Obama's president, maybe, you know, the, the Democrats have the Senate, we have the House. I, maybe, maybe that happens too. But, um, but there's there's a balanced conversation to be had. It, it can't be like one issue, one vote, because then we would just yeah, constantly too, be voting, like and it would be kind of crazy. None of these people but- give a shit anymore. Like I was there for the NDAA signing, and Ted Cruz had to stop in the middle of it to put an announcement out to say, "Hey, show up! You have to vote on this." Like you're a U.S. senator voting on the NDAA, and he had to call all of you to come in here and vote on something that was scheduled and required, like for the country, like. Hmm. This is fucking bullshit. That, that, well, that's a little odd. I don't, I don't, there might be more to that story. Like maybe it was an unexpected vote, but, but pe- people show up. Nobody wants to have a, a, a missed vote on their voting. Record. I mean, they kept running in the door and giving their vote. Once yeah, they, there might've been something else going on. I don't know. Uh, so, it, just, it did not seem organized. It did not seem professional at all. Like yeah. people were, you know, there was, you see attitudes in there and scoffing yeah. and it's just like, yeah. oh, it's, you it's guys toxic. are fucking it's, it's toxic and it's not. It's a weird environment. You know, like, I smile at AOC when I see her. Yeah. Yeah. I would. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I'm trying to get a date. Okay. <laughs> I'm words. not going to take this bait. I'm not going to take this bait. <laughs> His words, not yours. The, but, well, AOC in particular is actually very nice in person. Um, she's been very mean on Twitter. Uh, I mean, she's been quiet for a while. But then other Democrats, like, really, they have a visceral hatred for me. I think AOC kind of sees it as a game. Yeah. Why, why do you think that a lot of people on the Democratic side have such a visceral hate? For you, because I'm, I'm extremely outspoken, and I I call out a lot of BS. And you and have, I, and a, I have these videos that a go higher very, bona fides than they ever will either. Yeah, well, well like, I don't know about that. You know, I don't because of just better in just in in general. Yeah, like, like I mean, look at some of the backgrounds of some of these people. They're, yeah, they're not 
So, you know, they're not vast when it comes to world problems, other countries yeah. actually experience. Oh, I mean, that's yeah. the the arguments I get into with a lot of people from my hometown is none of them have ever left the country. They don't know what customs is like going into a DJ in Africa. Mm-hmm. They don't know what it's like seeing, you know, how Iraq operates with a very, you know, light police force and not yeah. a lot of, you know, there's perspective. There's, perspective is important. I don't, you know, that's not why they don't. They're not, it's the thought process doesn't go that deep with them. Um, there, there's no jealousy. Everybody's in, not everybody, but a lot of people in Congress are fairly accomplished to, to an extraordinary degree. Um, you know, you meet a lot of interesting people. Uh, the, 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 the issue is Democrats are used to fighting a very easy opponent that doesn't know how to fight back. And that we do have a new generation of Republicans that understands their arguments better than they do. I'm educated in their institutions. I've lived in the liberal bubble for so long. I understand it very well. I know exactly what they think, and they have no idea what we think. And that's an important tool. Now, we're so far behind as conservatives, just over years and years and years of losing arguments, that, that we've got a lot of catching up to do. Um, and we may lose a lot uh, before we gain a lot. But I think we're on track to gain a lot because we've got a lot of really smart minds and new politicians coming in, especially this cycle, that are worth supporting and can change the perception and make the arguments a heck of a lot better. So I, I'm, I'm optimistic, even though this is a this is a bad time in America. I mean, it's not since the '60s that we've seen something like this, um, and uh, it's almost the, like this is cyclical. Like at the end of the day, though, it's you see so many of these hard opinions on on the reps. It's like, are they really representing? their people or are they representing their, them, their own thought? Well, that's you know? an interesting question. So I do think they represent their people. No, no politician is scared of anything but their voters. That, that remains true. And, um, and that's not something people like to hear because, it, because everybody, most people would say their Congress is a bunch, full of a bunch of clowns. And no, uh, I, but, <laughs> well, I agree with you not to cut you off, but I agree with that, that statement because I think but the problem there is educating the general public as far as what what it means. And I think a lot of progressives and, you know, you go to the coastal cities, in my opinion, grew up in Santa Barbara, California, a very liberal town. A lot of people are basing their decision-making off of empathetic, emotional decisions. They're not bad people. They're great people. They just have this lack of understanding of reality in the context of what this means for the nation and the vast diversity in the United States. I mean, what, what I grew up knowing for 17 years in Santa Barbara, California, like I might've been swayed to think other things until I went to Georgia and then I went to, you know, Kansas. And then I started going to all these different places. And I'm like, holy shit, this is a hyper diverse nation that requires state law and all these other things to represent the people yeah. in their local rural communities, the big cities and all of that. And it's like one size doesn't fit all. The diversity of preference is a big thing it, that it, people don't understand enough of. Like, why are you so obsessed with telling other people how to live? Yeah. You know? I, I don't I, understand yeah. that either. Why, like, why is that a thing for so many people? Right. They don't know. Well, cause I, I look yeah. at it like that, even on the, the, the gun side of the house, right. It'd be like, some be like, well, why would you need a, you know, an AR-15 when they're living in a condo, a $2 million condo in New York City. Yeah. Okay, that, that's why based off With that? a doorman, yeah. like how, with security. Yeah. Why do you need a car? To like get the in? car can kill a lot of people. Well, and that's the perspective based off of their own development and constructs that they've had over years and years of their habitual behavior and where they grew up. And it's like, but you don't know what it's like to be a rancher in Texas 
and then having illegal immigrants that are drug trafficking with AK-47s across your property. Like, it is such a polarizing, different sense of reality that you have to have some understanding of, like, we just live separate lives. We're all under the the, the federal government in the United States of America, but, dude, completely different realities. Right. Right. In in a sense, we listen. We share a broad culture, and it's important to understand what that culture is, um, and and how it's derived from our founding documents and, and the basics of Western civilization. But within that culture, there's a multitude of other cultures. Like there's a different Texan culture than there is in New York, and that's fair to say. But there's also a lot of crossover, and we're kind of losing that crossover. Or we're, it's almost like we're trying to lose that crossover. Um, again, one of the tenets of the left is multiculturalism, but to an extreme degree. And I think that's very dangerous. I think it's very divisive um, because what they mean, and we have to kind of define what we're, what we're talking about, because again, we do have different cultures, Texas, California, you know, Santa Barbara, I mean, it goes on in Santa Barbara. Um, well, <laughs> I like Santa Barbara a lot. I'm oh, dude, no, no, it's one of my favorite towns, man. I visit there all the time. A shout out to Chicken Ranch, my yeah. favorite restaurant I mean, I, of all time in Santa Barbara, man. That place Chicken is so Ranch, good. Man, Matt, I, got, I love you, buddy. I just got hungry. I want to go yeah. to Chicken nice. Ranch. But that, like, that's me, like, because I know that they're fairly it's not liberal as liberal people. as you're saying it is. Either. No, they're like sur- they're surfer liberals. They're yeah. like not not the angry ones yeah. that throw plates at you. They're just <laughs> like let's like smoke weed and surf. And I'm like, you guys are cool as shit. Uh, <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, that, that's, that's the thing with like with this multiculturalism and stuff. And I think that the people reference other societies like Japan, but that's like a homogenous society. It's extremely homogenous. And they, right. they and love Sweden. I'm like, so you love the 99% white population. That is a very, it's a well, very monoculture. You cannot like, I, this is another thing. Everybody tries to compare. Oh, but, well, these guys do this. Okay. There are certain things yeah. you can do when the population is 13 million. Right. We're 333 yeah. million. Well, a 13 like, million homogenous yeah. society like, is drastically different than having, you know, Puerto Ricans, New Yorkers, Mexican Americans yes. from there come Texas. Like like the, the diversity, yeah, right? We're and that's very diverse. And that's why I've taken a very prominent stance on the nationalistic side of things. And I'm not saying, you know, you know, whatever, but like the flag represents diversity right. and unity under the freedom of thought right. and the freedom it's, of independence and self. Whatever you want to do with your life, right? right. And, and, so, and so it's, a, it's a freedom of the individual type of culture, and it's yeah. so important. And again, those cultural tenets, people kind of people don't even think about how to define them, and because they're kind of hard to define. There's some mm-hmm. good books out there recently that um, um, written by some uh, was it Rich Lowry, I think. Um, and I can't remember the title, but it, it's about like the nationalism is not a bad word. It's it's a, it's an okay word. You just have to define it correctly. If you define it in terms of skin color, well, then it's a bad word, okay, and deservedly so. But it's not defined in terms of skin color. The only colors that matter are the red, white, and blue. It's really? defined in terms of a of a creed, you know, this sort of American ethos. And like the last the last chapter in my book, I write the American ethos, and it's it's, it's geared towards a sense of fortitude because okay. that's the name of the book and mental toughness. But like there are, and there there are certain there are certain things that make us American, and the whole beauty of America is that anybody can become American, but we desire that's, that you assimilate into American. No, like, like it's there, there isn't another country that compares to us where every country yeah, you from all over the world you comes cannot, to live here. You cannot so become like, French. You cannot become French. It's just not how French works. No. Yeah. You can't, you, you uh, can't, British, you can kind of become British. Like the, the, you they, can't they, even they have a little Hawaiian, bit. bro. You know how the islands uh, are. They're like, yeah, you can't. Yeah, just can't. No, and no that's, that's a true. compliment because it's very <laughs> island mentality. It's very tribal based, and and, the, and that's like a microcosmic example of like you know 
you're you're a seal and shit, and I, I don't know if you guys have a creed, but like the Ranger Creed, seal and shit. Like that's how I look on a a larger scale of what the United States of America and the red, white, and blue stands for is when I signed up to be a ranger in past election and I went to my unit, I knew verbatim the ranger creed. And my my love and passion was for being a ranger. Now, who was a ranger? Black, white, Hispanic, mm-hmm. Puerto Rican, everything. I'm Samoans. gay, straight. It's a set of ideals that bring you together. It's the ideals that brought us together. And it was the component wasn't referencing race racism or or an right. ideological perspective that a skin color or gender is better than the other. It was one mission, one fight. And that's how I look at the United States of America is we can still be diverse, but the second we lose sight of this kind of, and I'll use that term nationalistic, and I think that it, there, there's a lot of, you know, trepidation saying that for a lot of people is that's what the flag stands for is yeah. diversity. Right. And that's why we're such a fucking great nation. Why we're so large is because we have this multitude of generations of diversity that have come together for free speech and, and fucking quality of life. And when we start losing that, I get really, really nervous, to be honest with you, because the last thing I ever want is. I mean, th- those ideals are under attack in a profound way, oh, in a very profound way. Again, the entire last chapter of my book, which was not even written in this time, written a year ago, is dedicated to this notion that these narratives have have created an attack on the American spirit itself. Yes. And this is when we, when, you know, again, it's one thing to want to tear down Confederate statues. You're not going to get me to defend Confederacy. You know, as far as I'm concerned, I'm, I'm the union. Yeah. Exactly. Like, yeah. Like, and so that's, <laughs> we're all the union. Yeah. We won. yeah. And now, yeah. now I want it to yeah, be, I, I want it to be I, done I in a, really in a more understand. coherent way. I don't understand. Yeah. I, I've never seen a justifying argument about it, which no, really, it, it depends. It depends on how the statue was built. Like, cause some of these statues were built just to, just to be, Dicks. Stir up shit. Yeah. And I, maybe I don't should understand be the argument to keep the, the flag, the Confederate yeah. flag. And, and it's well, like, why? Yeah. Why? yeah. Like, no, it's, 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 it means, it means something different to some people. There's, agreed. there's an honest and logical argument to be had about that. Doesn't need to be mob. But again, you're just not going to get me to defend it because it doesn't mean anything to me yeah, in no. particular. So that's not, you know, but let's, let's move past that. And then everything else, you know, so Columbus, and it's like, and it gets back to Matt's point about, okay, well, you did something bad, so maybe you should change your name and change your face and get like, you know, like face off. Like yeah. change, yeah, but, your, like, but, change but, everything yeah, about yourself. None of us were alive then. It's like, we have no control over that, but we've been progressing. 15 years ago, it was openly and culturally accepted to not like gay people. Yeah. Like, and people don't realize how fast we have flipped this yeah. as a, it was wildly popular and you were accepted by a bigger group if you were like, yeah, I'm not for that. Yeah, but even in and, my, but even in and that our was only generation, fifteen years ago, yeah, like that's kind of true. I mean, even in our generation, I don't think I was ever told not to like gay people. You know what I mean? I, anyway, the point is, is it, it flips very fast. Yes, yeah. we we as an entire society went the yeah. opposite way and said, but okay, very wait, quickly. maybe we maybe we handled this bad. Yeah, you know, yeah, because, and we fixed it. So yeah. it's like, why aren't we focusing on things like that? Going right. okay. We, let, let's none find of us were alive during these let's, times. Let's find of, definable <laughs> systems of oppression. This is the problem. You got to find a definable system of oppression. Jim Crow laws are a definable system of oppression. Segregation is a definable system of oppression. And are, are there patterns that occur but, after that? Yes. There's there's an argument to be made. Their fixes yes. are continually segregating. Right. The black That's national the anthem. That's the like, problem. W- 
oh wait, we need it. We need two national anthems right. now. It's, <laughs> like, it's, 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 yeah, it's exactly. It goes, it goes completely you, the wrong direction. You're curing racism by increasing segregation. It's not a good thing. It's, it's completely it's the, the wrong direction. Yeah, the, the, and, the black but, but, only okay. part portion of chop, but that, you that, know? that, that, that's a good segue into a question I have for you. It's like, when I look at that and the consistency of like, you know, uh, dividing people per se, you know, I think the media plays into that a lot because like when I look at the, you know, the press secretary going on and, and talking about issues and we have, we have like, we have a crisis, we have a pandemic, not only from a viral perspective, but an economic fallout that is probably going to, you need to be well-versed in this more than me, but I would say at least three to five years, we're going to feel the economic yeah. Oh, yeah. like taxation of all of this stuff and what we're doing yet we have journalists def defined journalists asking about the Confederate flag. And for me, I look at things in prioritizations of work. Yeah. Effort. It's why I've been good That's at good business point. is because I look, let's fucking it's tackle a very military the, thing to do. Yeah. Like I'm not going to have an argument about where I want to eat with my wife when there is a bear <laughs> in my house. Right. Like I know that happens way more yeah. often than you think. Yeah, yeah, never, yeah. There's a lot of bears in but Texas. You know, what's a fucking a really good really example of this though is, is anybody <laughs> that is anybody wants to see this visually. The best example I've seen lately is look at the articles about the couple in, uh, in, it was Illinois, um, Missouri, Missouri. You're talking about just look. Yes. Ken and Karen. Yes. Yeah. Look at, I don't know. Look at, real look at those, <laughs> look at the articles across the media spectrum and look at the article title and how, how right and left the title itself changes because, because I grew up in the Pacific Northwest. I have so many left and liberal friends. I see when they post their version of the article, then I see when our side of people yeah. post our version and it's, you know, it goes from two people protecting their home with their rights to, uh, you know, crazy people aim guns at peaceful right. protesters it's to it's like, wait, these protesters break gates to uh, assault. Yeah, you know, I, I, I tweeted about this today polarizing. and it's like, say? um, it's probably something very profound. Um, I, could, <laughs> I could pull it up, but I mean, I said exactly what you would think I would say. It's like, we're in a, this is, this is extremely dangerous. An information war. Well, no, but it's, it's, it's clearly gone beyond an information war at this point because what you, what you have is, so a mob broke through a gated community and, and marched onto property. And these, this couple, I mean, they look kind of funny, you know, brandishing yeah. weapons, fine, but they didn't, that's all they did. They're just like, don't, don't come in here. Don't mess with us. Yeah. You know, because um, they're scared as hell. You've got a very angry, large group of people who broke into your gated community, that all right? Just and burned the fucking right. <laughs> the, the and, neighborhood and, and, down. And, and put this in the context of, an, of a country getting burned by angry mobs, yes. all right? They didn't shoot anybody. They didn't fire their guns, nothing. Um, and, now the, and, then, and then the government, the district attorney, decided that they should have their guns confiscated after that. This is a very scary thing. Terrifying. It's like now we've gotten into a, a whole new world here. And um, California, uh, uh, which is a well, decision in California that just happened too, which is a, a, a long, oh, oh, the people being arrested for a hate crime because they painted over the paint of the Black Lives Matter movement. How's that a hate It's crime? like this is, this is an inconsistent application of the law. It's one opinion versus another opinion. This is deeply unconstitutional. It's you cannot do this. Cannot do this. 
you can scream and yell at those people. You can you can you can you can call them whatever names you want. Yes. You can cancel. You, you can you can tell people not to shop at their businesses. You can do all this. All of this is okay. I don't like a lot of it, but it's all okay according to a free society, according to our institutions that are very sacred because we have rules that we live by and people have forgotten the rules. This is the problem. But you can't call it a hate crime. This is an this is an when you have an inconsistent application of the law, that's unconstitutional. Yep. And, 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 and I hope Attorney General Barr looks into these things and says, no, you cannot do the, the federal government does have the right to intervene in these things. What worries me is when, when, when do we not have Attorney General Barr? Because that guy's a, he's awesome. Yeah. But when we don't have him, and because I think he will start to do the right things on this stuff as, as he sees, because this is the first time, the last couple of days is the first time the government has now started to take this side. This is really problematic. This is step, this has crossed a line yeah. and it's very scary Federal government has to step in, and it does have the authority that is that is in the Constitution, because because the federal but, government's. Go ahead. I, I'm going to say this goes back to the information war. The district attorney in Missouri is bringing these people up on charges because the 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 narrative the media weaved. So, like when you actually go in and look at the map of their house and the gate that that mob broke through. They essentially, just like you would break through my gate to come into my house, it was not a road like they call it. Oh, it was a if that you was a driveway. Look at the overhead, that was yes, a driveway. It was a driveway. That's and they even were worse. Coming up the, the, so like the reverse side of the house, and they you broke you could the argue that they were that they were very what's the word that they re, that they restrained themselves quite a bit. Yeah, that's what like, I mean. But like that, I, I live in that a, narrative, I live in a double gated community, so I have a gate and then a gate, and if people are on my property, I would have intervened in the same sense because that's exactly the, it's but, the castle law. I have a lot of things, and yeah, I obviously wouldn't just shoot narrative. people that are there, but I would definitely signify to them that there is a yeah. process of escalation of force right. will be implemented based off of your own action on my property. Now, if you leave and you want to go protest peacefully, that is your right. I'm all about it. You can say things that I disagree with. Don't go, come on my she land. can't come on the property. Yes. The, the, and, this yeah. is a but sacred this, right. This, again, there's yeah. sacred institutions. And by, ins, you know, institution means it's not just a building, right? It's a set of ideas. That, that these things matter quite a bit. And, was, and the institutions of, civil, of Western civilization are being deconstructed. Deconstructed in really profound ways. Personal property being one of them. And meritocracies being one of them. These are very important institutions. They, they allow a, a free society to live together and to, and to succeed. And the most prosperous, whether we like, whether we agree or not, you know, objectively speaking, this is the most prosperous moment in, US, in, in American human history. And it's not perfect. It'll, we're human. We're human. It's, it's never going to be perfect. It's, it's genetically encoded that there's going to be a lot of and, assholes And we can there. strive for perfection. Like conservatism is not about just conserving the status quo. It's never been what conservatism is about. Conservatism is about progressing, but within a set of limiting principles. With logical understanding. That's what the term conservative means. Is like, I'm going to be conservative in my approach, meaning I won't base it off right. emotional, I'll base it off logic. That's why I call myself not a Republican, call myself a conservative, because I might be wrong in a lot of things, but I'm open to open conversation and developing yeah. my ideas as they progress through this whatever life that I have until but, I turn into But dust. the more important element limiting principles there, there's a certain there's a there's a there's a set of questions that you kind of ask yourself as a conservative and liberals don't ask themselves these questions liberals are always like what feels good right now yeah what can i do to help it's emotionally people? based yeah i want to help people and that's a very uh, and i'm giving them a lot of grace right now yeah and like let's talk about the most like the, the best liberals out there i just want to help people 
get better. And they will, whatever ideas presented to them in the simplest form to help people, they'll just give them money. Okay, fine, give them money, do that. But a conservative asks a different question. Well, what does that do? Yeah, the conservative asks, does it feel good or do good? That's a good question to ask. The conservative asks, what does this do to the fiscal trajectory of an entire country? That's a good question to ask, okay? The conservative asks, are we taking freedom away or giving it to them? That's a good question yeah, to ask. Yeah. Now, sometimes you want to take freedom away, right? Like, for instance, like, I don't think maybe the speed limit should be 120 miles an hour. Because because then a bunch of jerks would go out there. I'm getting, like, really blank looks from you guys. You're like, no, it should be. Well, I mean, <laughs> I've, I've often wondered this because, you know, the Autobahn, if you compare... Well, bad example, maybe, but, but let me, let me, I'm going to use it anyway. No, I get, the, the, I the, the point is, is that there's rules of the road, yeah. and we infringe on your freedom to do whatever the hell you want because if we don't, you'll infringe on somebody else's freedom. But, that, but that's yes. the question. And that's an important thing to know. If we're giving you something or giving you a certain, either giving you a service or a freedom, does it infringe on other people's freedoms? Very important questions to ask. Liberals don't ask these questions. No, not at all. Because, I well, mean, that's the argument I, I consistently have. So these have. are limiting principles. It's like, my views are not telling you what you can and can't do. <laughs> like, yeah. like, I'm not stopping you from right. well, well, doing they, or well, owning. They, they, or, they are within reason, but I think the correlation, I think the point you're making is I am completely in line with is that there are certain things that, the, just like business, and I use it all the time, third and fourth order effects, Right. When you're talking about the 120 mile an hour, That's the other question we ask, yeah. second, third order consequences. Yes. Consequences, yes. like I don't want someone to be going 120 down here on you know 3351 and hit my wife. So as we can, what are the consequences of that death? There, there, there are drastic consequences to that. But it's as when we start to go down and we disagree with individual life decisions that don't matter to you. It's when the general public is at risk. Yeah. And life, limb, death, and all these economic right. things that are very drastic is the that's when it's concerning. We can vote on that, and that and that's with like the simple set of rules for a complex society, right? And that's why, like, some of the and not to get too crazy here, but like, I'm I'm going to stand with this and say like all Black Lives Matter, man, and like that's been the hardest part for me to wrap my head around some of the movements out there right now is that when we're talking about one individual, which was a murder and, and everybody unilaterally is agreeing that we need to prosecute and fucking get this guy and put him away. And then we're burning down black fucking shops, local communities. And I'm like, well, 12 are, black are, are, are we being segregating killed. in their own essence because the emotional component isn't as relevant to you? Like all of all American lives matter, all black lives matter. Like we're all on board. And I want to like, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm too stupid. I'm a fucking internet well, satirist. They're, they're, I don't know their how counter to counter argument. Their counter argument to that. So let's kind of have the debate. Let me play devil's yeah, please, advocate. Please, please. So, so their counter argument to that is the, their black lives matter movement isn't about all black lives. And they'll say that very clearly. Don Lemon said it the other yes, day. Don Lemon said it when he's he was like, he's like, well, Terry it's not Cruz. about that. It's about, it's about that. And, he, and he's like, he's like, no, it's not about that. It's just, it's just about police brutality. And when and, Terry Crews came back to him and goes, yeah, but when you yeah. look at the data, the police brutality against black men is very, that, very low. But that wasn't the right argument. <laughs> well, here's, here's the argument I would say, which is the Black Lives Matter organization. It, it is the right argument. It's not a bad argument. I, I, guess, I guess what I would have said is, well, if that's true, then why does the BLM organization also advocate for, for deconstructing the nuclear family? Why does it advocate for that? Why does it advocate for all these other things, uh, oppressive patriarchies? And, and mm. these, these are basic Marxists. And, yeah. and again, we know that the founders of the movement are Marxists. They've told us that. 
and I believe them. And I think they have read Marxism to because they told us they've done it. And they sound like they have. And everything about this movement seems Marxist right from its beginning. But, so but so the statement Black Lives Matter is, is totally unobjectionable. But you can I will, I will repeat it all day long. But you can barely but, say that without being called a racist. Oh, no, no, no. That's the, the, the no, that but the word, but that's yeah, well, it. That's their, the conservatives are already called yeah. racist. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't at this point, the, the, because the moment you ask a question, it's, oh, that sounds like a racist question. No, no, it's, it's provide yeah. Yeah. your, your, your point with data. Yeah. Like there's, not, there's a difference between the statement and the movement. And we need, we needed to carefully distinguish I like that. that a lot. I like that. There's a, a huge, cause, cause again, like I said, I'll repeat black lives matter all day long. I'm happy to, I think the statement all lives matter is not okay. I like what he said. All Black Lives. Yeah, matter. all Black Lives Matter is a good statement. <laughs> Merge them but together. I, but, I, but I just, but I, I quibble with well, you on purpose just to like give no, you their, I, I agree their with side that of sentiment. it. Yeah. I think that there's the articulation of saying all lives matter to combat Black Lives Matter. That's is not a, a good one. It's a protest to a protest, right? Yeah, so you run into a, a lot of conflicting it, statements. It's kind of like saying yes. like, hey, when you're like, hey, 22 kill, right? And I'm like, well, all people who commit suicide yeah, matter. Yeah, yeah. When, right. And you're like, well, I'm but talking think, about think, veterans. Right, you know? But the problem so is, I understand, is how, messaging. I understand how much like, it pissed people off when people say all lives matter. Well, I, I get that. It was the messaging inconsistencies. Like, because we, I understand what the all lives matter movement is trying to say about it. They, they say, no, right. we're just saying, we're essentially saying all black lives matter. We're saying, Hey, if you're going to, if you're going to be hard pressed about this movie, movement yeah. saying black lives matter, then, killing other black people in the process isn't helping your cause. Yeah. Like we know that that's their message, but the other side, yeah. BLM and ALM but, are but, fighting. But, because but nobody saying, explained it correctly. Your- right. <laughs> it, because, every, because everything gets like deconstructed into sound bites and memes, you know, and, and it's not, it's not helpful. All people want is the newest iPhone, man. That's it. That's all they're concerned. It's, well, with. the newest iPhone is quite good. I'm just saying. I got three all, cameras. I want, I want six really cameras on my next about. one, dude. What's gonna happen? I'm gonna have then? so many good. You're gonna look like Neo like, in the Matrix. Put, put on, <laughs> like that, put on the bulk mode after your surgery, like, dude. That's, that's, that's my bulk mode. It's called <laughs> everyone's <laughs> full of shit. All people want is the newest iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean that, that, that's that's an easy say, right? But that's not the solution. And and I think that there's so many complex issues in all of this. And for me, like. We need, and, and like, I'm going to, I'll say it now. I've never said this before, but like, I don't live in Chicago. I am not intertwined in the, the urban side or black cult, whatever, what, however you want to define that. What we need is a positive leader to come out of these communities and advocate to us how we, who agree that there should not be police brutality, there shouldn't be segregation, there shouldn't be racism, communicate to us how we, as a society, as American people, can help make a difference to impact positively to your communities in the right way. And that's where I'm at, like rioting, burning other black businesses down don't work, creating hyperbole on news to to be more divisive that's that's not a solution that's just people that want to get sit in their phones and get mad and, and that's, that's what we got to talk about which is and you know the best way to look at solutions is to reverse engineer it what yes. makes a person successful and let's let's move backwards from that and again, you don't have to like i think you can use common sense to do this or you can use data and again we talked about this in a, a, a while ago when i said the brooking the liberal think tank said Three things you got to do to be successful in America. Okay, well, why can't people do those three things? Like, what's happening that they can't do those three things? There's a lot of reasons. Broken families, which is just a consistent right. cycle. You know, what government intervention is going to stop that? It's a, it's a deep cultural issue. 
So how do you do that? And we need to be creative about how we think about that. And we should try. Can't, we can't just like throw our hands up because it doesn't do anybody any good to throw our hands up. But it also apparently hasn't done any good just to throw a bunch of money at it. That hasn't worked either. Um, you know, the well-intentioned welfare programs that started back with the Great Society of, of basically giving you more money if you're a single-parent household. And so the, the, the devastation that occurred after that, because there's a financial incentive mm-hmm. to not have a two-parent household, well, they, I mean, and you can see the numbers. You can see the statistics change radically. They basically flip upside down. But you see that concurrently right now with the COVID stuff is people are getting paid more on unemployment than to go back oh, to their yeah. previous their employment. And then like that's a very, very hard thing to do because it's like how do you incentivize people to get back to work? Because, again, third and fourth order effects, the waiter might not want to go back to work because he's getting paid more in employment. But what happens is that business can't employ people. There's a huge employment issue right now of getting people back oh, to yeah. work. I have a whole uh, bill to fix that. It's called the Jumpstart Act. And um, I think I got one Democrat on it. Oh, damn. One Democrat on Ounces it. Ounces make uh, pounds. You know, uh, <laughs> but they, they, they're not into it. I mean, they don't. That's frustrating they don't to me. They don't want man. it. Like, you know what my bill does? You know what my bill? It doesn't just like take away the bonus. That's not what it does. It lets you keep the bonus even if you go back to work. I. Like, that's what it does. That would be my rational thinking, so, like, at least within the <laughs> confines of the economic progression of what happens with this, because no one, you know, right, the scholars right. don't yeah. even know. Yeah, yeah, it's an awkward. Incentivize them getting back to work. It's, it's an local awkward business time. Orders, they can pay their fucking mortgages. Like, like let's let's get the economy back. It's, but the problem is, right, and I'm sure you can test to this, is this is a political game, especially an election cycle coming up here at this ooh. year. It's like, let's point the fucking fingers at the Republicans, point the fingers at the Democrats. I'm like, who wins or who loses? I'll tell you who loses in this All battle. The American public yeah. loses. One party will win, but the American people lose. And that's the problem is we vote people into their positions based off of they need to represent us because we pay our taxes. And as if you're a congressman and you're in the Senate, you're the president, you work for us, motherfucker. And people have to realize that. And it's like, that's why like I've, I've really followed you a lot is because I feel like you're fighting for what you believe in. You're passionate, you're educated about it and you're trying to make a difference. You're not going to get sucked into their little, I'm just honest. I'm just honest about what I think and like, and how to express it. You know, that's, that's the, you know, because everybody will have a different opinion on what you just said. Everybody, but that's my opinion, right? No, no, I know, no, no, but but, but here's what I mean by that. Every citizen will say, you're supposed to represent me. So why aren't you doing it, right? And, um, but the thing is, is there's like seven or 800,000 of them. Yeah. And so, so everybody disagrees. And so you, you all, all I can do as a representative is tell you exactly what I'm running on, who I'm right. going to be, and then I'm going to be that. And, um, and, and then I'm going to try to express as much truth as I can about who's to blame when things don't go our way. Because there is, it's, because it is true, like what, what, everything you just said is true. I'm just sort of, I'm just sort of expanding on it, I guess. And it, it, it is frustrating because, yeah, like why, why won't they just accept that bill that I proposed? And I'm not the only one who proposed it. There's a Senate bill, Ways and oh, you know, Ways and Means Committee is uh, from the Republican side has proposed a similar bill. It's like, what's the problem with this? You know, that's like, what upsets me is nobody. Nobody is looking at this for context. And that's kind of like what we've talked about the impeachment trial, you know, showed us that everybody, Every, everybody, voted for forgot, one thing. everybody forgot everybody, about impeachment. Everybody, <laughs> everybody yes. voted, everybody voted with their team, <laughs> you know, like except, yeah. except Mitt Romney. He was the only one yeah. that was like, Hey, I just saw a trial and voted on the evidence that I saw. It was like, so it's like, yeah. 
people, they're not, like you said, you, you propose something and just because it's coming from you, they want to scoff at it. No, yeah, no, no, we're there's, not support there, there is too much political winning that happens. It, and I think it is a, I think it is political malpractice to a, to a huge well, extent. Because and, we're not about solutions at this point. We're right. not about progress. Right. Like it, and I never, for even, me, yeah. I don't care if I'm sitting in the house and the Democrat comes out with a fucking really good idea. I'm not going to go, Oh no, I don't like that. Well, he, he, here's Democrat. the difference. And it's not a both sides issue. A lot of people, um, I don't think you guys are necessarily saying this, but, but a lot, especially independents will say, no, it's both sides, both sides do this. That's only true to a certain extent. It, it's, it's actually not. And, and here's why it's not totally true for Republicans. Because again, we talked about this a minute ago. Conservatism is a set of questions that you ask yourself, right? And we can go through those limiting principles very carefully. There's principles that drive our decision-making. There's a framework with which we solve problems. Very important. And those principles are based off of thousands of years of experience. It's ultimately true. Liberalism doesn't have anything to compare to that. What are their limiting principles? Really, what are they? Nobody knows. Right. And, and, if, and if I think if you're honest and, and somebody is just asking them and what would they say? Well, they'll say, what am I, what, why did I run for office? They'll say, well, I, I ran to fight inequality and injustice. I think that's what a, a normal liberal yeah. generally says. That's not a limiting principle. That's an activist cause. Maybe a good one, maybe not. But even, if, but even if I identify the right problem and we all agree on the problem, there's a way to solve it that must be solved within a framework. Like there's, and, there's a and that's process. What I've never seen from that side. There is no I've framework. I've never seen a, a solution at all. It's just, it's, it's, it's yelling the first really thing that, loud. It's the first that thing that comes to up. mind. So if it's people a, aren't getting paid enough, it's like, we should make, pay their, them more. make them pay more. $15 an hour for everybody. And conservatives yeah. are like, hold on a second. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on a second. So, <laughs> so what are the second, third order consequences of that? Do you see that people will hire less? Do you see that there's, you know, there's problems in the Companies labor market. Will revert to right. automation rather right. than employees. Like, you know, there's again like, second, third, or con- they don't ask these questions. Like, they don't ask what you know. Again, with redistribution, we we want poor people to be richer. Okay, so give them money. Well, just like that, I mean, just give them money. What what about the tools of success, which we talked about before? Let's reverse engineer yeah. the tools of McDonald's, success. What actually works? Employees- Fifteen dollar an hour employees, great. We'll just go to computers now. No, or okay, healthcare. So now you've just yeah. now you've just well, that's cost the, the job market. Yeah, well, we live in a capitalistic <laughs> society, and so you have to be understanding that people that are chasing you know point zero 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 one of a profit margin are going to increase that based off of their business practice, and they do that as an individual enterprise and or corporation. But they, they just don't understand these basic principles, and they won't listen to the data when yeah. we actually show it to them because yeah, well, that it, requires work. Yeah, that's not that much work. It's like it's out there. All right, I'm gonna throw you for a curveball. Okay, you ready? Yeah, curveball time. Like I've seen you. You, I think you've been like Rogan. You've been like a huge podcast, and I know you talk politics. Like who is who is Dan Crenshaw? Like where were you born? Why did you join the Navy? Why did you become a Navy SEAL? I'm curious about like who you are as an individual, man. Like. Like, give me, give me a little How backstory. How much do we like, make you laugh? Like, your service. Like, I'd, I'd be curious, man. I'm like, because I think, I think when you talk policy all the time, it's a great thing. But yep. some, sometimes there has to be no. this understanding of who the individual is um, to get a, a more visceral experience and understanding of why they're acting in this You're way. always trying so, to viscerally experience me. Man. I am. I, try, I touch awkward. you a lot. It's awkward you know, to say the least. Well, you have an eye and I have an arm. And so, you know. <laughs> thank you for using. Thank you. Me. Thank you for not. Guess miss. what? The guy that eats gas station food is over here. Yeah. Great. I'm technically a combat veteran, comma, 
wounded right now, okay? <laughs> Combat veteran wounded. I was going to say, thank you for not misidentifying And mis- don't get sensitive on that. Like, half my friends have missing limbs, you fucks, all right? Like, come on. I'm, that, what is I this, for- third-party justification? No, I you know. know a guy uh, that's missing a leg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> crispy, where's Crispy? <laughs> get right here, eat no, your hot no. Cheetos. Like, so like, where are you born, man? Like, what? what so like, I, I was actually born in Aberdeen, Scotland. Scotland? Yeah. Yeah, because uh, look at him. Yeah, well, I don't know what that means, but I told you Russell Crowe is going to play you in the movie about you. Yeah, not current Russell Crowe. Have you seen him? No, I haven't seen him lately. I'm thinking like Gladiator. No, 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 no. He 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 thickened up. Like he weighs like two, like three twenty. Because he looks like me. Yeah, yeah. You're like more like Russell Crowe now. Oh, I think it was for a role though. It was for a role. I don't think. Yeah, sure. I see Gladiator Russell Crowe in there. Thank you. Yeah, I see that. Like shorten my hair. Is it? I um, see him in the Senate floor. Is there no one else? No, no. I, I, I so see good. him being no the the, the very no. calculated in the beginning with uh with Osralius or whatever his name is. He's yeah. Like, well, do you such think such a good movie? Yeah, when are they going to make another could, movie like that? It's been, we don't get good movies anymore. Um, no. uh, Mid Midway. Did you see that? Uh, no, I haven't seen it. I loved it. I've, I've, I've watched really it like nine times. I don't watch more war movies very often. Why are my dogs? Yeah, but so I'm a guy. It's the new Midway. With two little dogs that I brought here. They're super sweet, by the way. They're super cute. I don't know why they're bothering me so much. Maybe they're hungry. I just fed you. No, there's food out there. I was scratched in there. No, you have to. Scott. Oh, hello. So, Scotland. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, my dad's in the oil and gas industry. Okay. So, we're from Houston. And that's why they were living in Scotland. I I have no actual connection to the UK. Got it. I was never a UK citizen. Um, We moved to Egypt right after that. And, um, but I don't, I don't, I don't remember any of this. I've been to the Sharm El Sheikh, um, when I was older, we went back, but I don't remember growing up there. I, I only remember Houston, um, grew up just West of Houston, Katie, um, oh, moved around. Texas, nice. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, and, uh, my, on my dad's side were six generations of Texans and I grew, I grew up moving around a lot again, the industry. So it was always between Houston and overseas. Spent a year in Ecuador. Spent all of my high school in Bogota, Colombia. Ooh, yeah. I've been to Colombia before. It's it's great. It's, it's a, a good culture, man. I like it a lot. I had an enjoyable experience there. I still go back for my high school reunions. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. You it went was, to high school in Bogota. Yeah, the no. whole time. Yeah, all Do you four speak years. Any Spanish. You can hear. I was like, you, Spanish can, <laughs> you can hear that in there when yeah. he said. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I speak it. I, I'll do. I'll do a lot of stuff. I mean, not as well as I used to, but I speak it. That's awesome. Um, and so I, I wanted to be in the teams from a ever since I I read Dick Marcinko's book, um, Rogue Warrior. Rogue Warrior. Read it like at age twelve. Red Cell was number two. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah so it, it was like a mix of you know fiction and nonfiction. It's, um, how, long, how long were you in the teams? 10 years. 10 years. So yeah, 2006. You get medically to, retired? Yeah. Yeah, I was wounded in 2012 um, in Afghanistan and then uh, retired in 2016. So I, I fought the system for quite a while. I was, I was trying to fight the system, um, get a medical waiver where I could kind of live in a more normal way. The, the issue wasn't so much with my one eye. It's the fact that my one good eye is badly, badly damaged. I mean, uh, I, I, have a, I have a contact in here. That, you almost lost it, right? Yeah, or or it was just blinded um, because that's, like that's the, the the cataract is is I still have a cataract. I, I don't have a lens in my eye, so I wear this very serious contact, um, which I should probably replace. It's it's about two Can or three still years see how old. Beautiful I am though. Yeah, I know you're very good looking in person. And how <laughs> yeah. fat I yeah. am. Yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. You're living the American dream. Individual rights, man. You can eat hot dogs. You do. I haven't been eating hot dogs lately. I've been on a strict salad diet. Have you? Can't you see me spinning no, down? No, not a thing. Yeah. You have a nice gym around here, don't you? <laughs> I have a it's home gym. A, his house. Is that far from here? Where are we? Eight, I live eight minutes away. Eight minutes away. Okay. Yeah. yeah if nice. you want to get a workout in, you're welcome to. Yeah. Just don't tear your bicep in there. Yeah, that's true. You got. I've, I've seen it in videos. You got yeah. a big, nice. Were gym. you in Hawaii? No. Where were you? Uh, always in San Diego. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I spent ten years in San Diego. Always kind of surrounding Team Three. Even when I was at Special Reconnaissance Team One, I was really um, deploying with Team Three. So a lot of history there. Got to go back recently um, to kind of an, an official tour of the of the whole place. Um, see see some of the old guys again. So it's was, it was cool. I missed it quite a bit. I, I I left kicking and screaming. I did not want to be medically retired. Yeah. Well, what deployments were you on? So you said you came in in what six or six? Yeah. So um, I mean that's when I was commissioned. Okay. And so you go to buds. I break a leg. Got to do it again. <laughs> and then did you uh, hell week twice? Yeah, I, uh, one and a half times because I, I broke my leg in the middle of it. Oh yeah, so, that's right. Yeah. Um. A stress. Well, I mean, it's, it's not like break it. I don't want people to get the wrong impression. A stress fracture that turned into a fracture. Yeah. Um, like that. Um, and I know the exact moment that it happened. It's all in the book, by the way, which everybody should read. Fortitude. Best uh, book is what that. Book Some is say called. the best book ever written by a veteran. Uh huh. It's probably better than mine. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I'm no, okay with that. Nobody knows that. So yeah. Let's let's so let the audience decide. Six. <laughs> You were done in six with training and everything, or uh, yeah, seven, seven ish, and then uh, Fallujah. How old My am I age. now? Thirty six. Thirty six. Okay. Yeah. So you, what did you go to college before then? Yeah, or? yeah, I was an officer. So okay. Yep. Did yeah, ROTC. Give, give him those eyes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I did the yeah. enlisted route and got you know the education after. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so, so what, is, what, is, what does Dan's world look like? You made a comment early earlier about the liberal mentality to essentially change and have prosperous nation like what like you're president right now i know that's a hard position but like you're not president i'm, I'm hypothetically placing you in a position Am I not? of like are you gonna run for president not now a lot of well, people one are day, asking maybe? one day maybe a lot of people are asking yeah. um there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of comments that say you and evan yeah. should run on a card oh really yeah. <laughs> um not anytime soon you know, I, I would say that I, I'm pretty focused on this at the moment. It politics has to be a a moment. Like it, it, it's not like the military where there's sort of a pipeline. Yeah. And if you think about it that way, I think you make Are you bad try decisions. And move to the um. I, again, I don't know. I can't. I can't say these things out loud. It it depends. It depends on so many factors. It depends on so many factors that it's it's hard to say. Um. What What is your if perfect- that were if. What does your perfect America look like then? Because like, uh, you're obviously trying mm. to Im- and implement everybody, change. Yeah, but everybody's like, trying. Yeah. What, what an interesting question. What, what, what is like, not, not, nothing's perfect. We, we discussed that. Humanity is the travesty yeah. of our own existence based off of all of us well, are imperfect in, in its own essence. But like, what would be your version of, fuck, this, this looks good? Yeah. Let's divide it along like a few different categories, you know, cultural, economic, and political. Fair. I think those are good categories um, because they're definable and I can define conservatism within those and I can kind of define what America should look like within each one of those. The economic one maybe being the most complex, but 
On a cultural level, what does it look like? It looks like a bunch of people that like to wave the American flag. America. Okay. Yep. Just that's that's a that's a good first step. We like the American flag and we appreciate the ideals that America was founded on. We know that it wasn't perfect, right? Because our society didn't catch up with the political ideology that we set forth. But the political ideology is represented by the American flag and the national anthem. And we just need to agree on that. There's no other option. What else does it look like? It looks like an emphasis on personal responsibility. It's a really important tenet of a culture. Holding if you don't, people accountable. But holding yourself yeah, accountable. Holding and also, yourself but accountable. more importantly than that, it's believing that you're in control of your destiny. Yes. If you don't believe that, you're disempowered. And you will be you will be self-victimized Victim. and you cannot you cannot grow out of that. It's really dangerous. And it's and it's what you want a society to feel like if you want socialism. Yeah. That's what that's that's the first step. You gotta demoralize people if you want to get Marxist ideals to take place. This is just true. Okay. So that's this is a cultural problem that we have. What's another cultural tenet? Um, I think people who live with mental fortitude, because to live in a free society and to be able to compete. You need to have some semblance of you know not to win non snowflakiness. Yes. Okay, that's important. Um, moral truth. It's another really important one. We are a country founded on Judeo Christian history, whether you like it or not. It's just true. You don't have to believe in God, but you do have to accept the fact that we derive our basic moral truth from Judeo Christian history. Ten Commandments means something to us. We just think they're true. You can't argue with the notion that it's not. Well, it's not objectionable to steal. No, it is. It's just it's always wrong. Yes. You may choose. I mean, I'm not saying you're not as everybody's a sinner, but it's just true. There is moral truth. It's not. It's not relative. Okay. I have on, so many rants to go on both those things. Yeah. Please keep going. Well, yeah. So, so that's so. This is a cultural foundation that we have to agree on. And then, <laughs> and then let's let's go to the political one because the economic yeah. one's probably the most complex, sure. and then gets into actual policy. But the political one is important. Preserve a republic. Okay, in the simplest terms, preserve the republic. You have to allow people to govern themselves at 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 least with problems that are solvable at the micro level. And in largely social and economic issues, I think that the federal government tries to do too much of where that should be pushed down to lower levels where people just have different preferences. We talked about this before. The way we all live together without trying to kill each other is that we're not telling each other what to do all the time. That's a really the republic yes. is an Hold extremely yeah. important notion. Um, there's a lot of elements to that. We just have to preserve them, and I think they're being ripped away. Uh, and so, well, part of that is is ripping some of it away from 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 federal control. I think our courts have gotten too toxic. I think they've they've started to make laws where they shouldn't. So reeling some of that back in. Um, family take, court is a fucking disaster. Yeah. And, and that's more of a state level, but you know, so I, I look at the federal level, but, but it's happening at the federal level too. A Supreme court making decisions it shouldn't have to make or yeah. shouldn't be making at all. Um, that's been going on for a century or more. Uh, and, 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 and regulations too. I mean, you know, this, again, we, we talked about reciprocity and equality before and, it's really harmful to small businesses when they don't feel like they have reciprocity with the government. Okay, we denied your permit. What are you going to do about it? Like, well, uh, what can I do about it? I'm a mom and pop shop. Mm-hmm. That's not a. That's not a constitutional. That's not a founding. That, that that's not in line with our founding ideals. We have to do better on that. And the honest answer to do better on that is to simply have less regulations. Less. Again, simple rules for a complex society. Not no regulations. See, the left likes to straw man our argument there and be like, well, oh, so you don't think there should be any rules. Yeah, but you got a bunch of, it's like, that's got a not bunch what of we horse said. shit. Like in California, you're not allowed to catch rainwater. Like get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like, 
Well, well, I, Fuck well, off. Well, I think there, there's a very there's a very good um, conversation in that, in the sense of like, you know, when when you know conservatives usually advocate for less government, it's based off of, for me, a more educated perspective of why we're inhibiting or prohibiting people to do yeah. things, right? So, like, why can and can't you do something? And when we start to go to a more governed society where we're not letting people do things based off of our own individual prowess and our own individual perspective. And I'm like, Dan, you know what? You can't drink water out of that solo cup because I don't, I don't like you. Yeah. You should do whatever the fuck you want because again, the third and fourth order effects, what, how does that complicate my life? Right. And that's mm-hmm. where I've really like learned a lot in the last couple of years is just like, I don't really care what people do. We have to look at the, the big picture items and the the ethical and moral travesties travesties that are happening and and working those like I, I think about and and I'm just gonna go on a little rant here but like some legislation that gets passed and what our focal points are as uh, that I see from these politicians are focusing on like hyperbole and 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 microaggressions and I'm like why aren't we worried about all the pedophilia that's going on in this nation yeah. why aren't we focusing on rape why aren't we focusing on all these things that are like horrific acts against humans? Yeah. Why, aren't, why aren't we focusing on that? But we're going to focus on the Confederate flag. And I'm not saying that that's not a conversation that needs to happen at some point and yeah. down the future, but I'm like, but it's like it might mean something all the to air in the, room. The, the, the Louisiana guy that grew up the Confederate flag and that's his tribe mentality. Like that, whatever. That's a sensitivity issue. Fuck sensitivity. I, I, I think that we should focus on the, like the, the ethical transgressions that are happening every single day in this country and focusing on the big picture items. It's just like running a business. Like I'm not going to worry about Kelly said this to Sam when we can't fulfill all the orders that are going out based off of a logistical issue that happened with her production facility. I'm going to focus on the big picture, make the customer happy. And, and then we'll prioritize the work effort and the workflow core competencies, allocate everybody as appropriate and then work through it in a critical thinking manner. But how do you change like government to do that. I, I'm far too stupid. I'm far too stupid. I'm an internet satirist. Probably shouldn't listen to anything I have to say, but like, I don't know. And that's, that's where the hard part is because how do you change humanity when humanity's half the issue? There's a lot to, to yeah, there was a, there, I threw, I threw like a, a, a bucket of water so at I'm you. I'm trying to kind of, yeah, like think where to, where to take that. I mean, the, the, the nature of our democracy and our Republic is trying to figure out how to, change things for the better right and so it's 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 it's, it's largely not but agreed you upon say that's regressive in nature now where we're like I, I feel feelings are feelings doesn't mean they're fact but they're my own fact because i believe them is that like we're focusing on the small shit right now yeah we have no, that's true a no, pending economic yeah, I mean, crisis i don't know what pandemic. else to say except i agree with the, the, the lack of perspective that you're you're observing okay. there's a serious lack of perspective and in, in what should be prioritized but again it's it's not politicians prioritizing it it's 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 a it's mostly the people prioritizing it as loudly as possible now there might be a silent majority that says hey got hey can you focus on the economy now please like cuz i I'd, I'd like my jobs to come back right but the problem is is they're silent and um and I, I believe I'm speaking for the silent majority, but a lot of politicians don't care about the silent majority. Or they might represent a district where the majority actually does want them to, to destroy our monuments. That might be actually true. It's a scary thing to think, but like this is, this is a cultural debate, much more so than it is a political debate. 
at least, at least right now, like what we're seeing right now. And that's a, and that's a problem. And, and we have let emotions and feelings drive our political discussions to such an extraordinary like degree that it's dangerous. It's like, uh, you know, if these were, if it was so important to somebody last year that this monument come down, where was the petition started to, yeah. to get it removed with a justification letter yeah. behind it and yeah. because everything it, like because, that. Because they were there all along, but they, right. but they were looking for a moment. They were looking for a spark. You know, again, anyway, we, earlier in the podcast, we went through this whole history of Marxism and progressivism and all this. So the, you know, how, how do we get back to things like the economy? And, and so in simple economic terms, the, the, the economy... So, so I'm going back to the three categories, yeah, okay? Please. Political, cultural, economic. And again, you have to stick by basic truths to make an, an economy work. Personal property rights have to be protected. Patents have to be protected. Intellectual property has to be mm-hmm. protected. Um, you deserve to keep the most of your success possible as opposed to the progressive ideology, which is we want to take as much as possible from you. You know, we don't care if you shut down operations somewhere. We just think you're too rich. They never standardize about like well, what's too rich. It's it's really concerning because there's no standards with that. Right. And so and so that's so it's like how do we how do we how do we tax you the least amount possible um, in order to do the basic functions of government? That that should always be the question we ask. The, the Democrats ask a completely opposite question. Can agree more. They look at it from a social stratification perspective as far as a tier system and people have too much money. But the hard conversation, and you don't even have to react to this, is that. Some people are inherently and innately lazy. Some people are just like, fucking go-getters. Like, I'm somewhere in the middle, you know? But there are people out there that crush life. And for me, I, I, live, I, I like to think of it in the capitalistic society that, like, I believe that output deserves reward. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't think... And, and then on, on that note as well, it's like you have, you know, corporations and, and granted what they do, they want with their money. But that's where employment comes from yeah and, and, there's it, very it little understanding such, of, of the sources of wealth the, yeah the, the left has zero understanding of the sources of wealth and that's a real problem in their thinking and it's so complex it's, it's not just like yeah. he's got money right but f that, him but right? it's but it doesn't it's, work that way but again we talked about this before every solution that comes out of the left is the it, it's the first thing that you feel it's the first yeah, thing that you feel first and, and that becomes policy right and they will set up entire think tanks to justify that whole first thing that you feel it's really interesting. It's an, it's no, an it's interesting game to watch. Well, what, what's that old uh-huh. statement? I'll, I'll, I'm going I'm to missay it here, but it's like if you're not 17 and, and you're not a liberal, you don't yeah. have morality. If you're not you yeah. know, 30 and not a conservative, you're, you're stupid. And I think that because you, you have a more profound understanding of behavioral patterns with humans. And like I don't have a psychology degree, but I minored in it. And it's like you start to I see. I did stay at a holiday in once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, see, <laughs> you start to see how people are empowered by power. And a lot of these movements are based on them essentially going exactly against what they're doing because they want that power, they want that yeah. affirmation, they want that too. spotlight. They there's want a big, that, there's a big spotlight movement yeah. now, like where it's what, what can I say that's going to get me in the press as much as yeah. possible, and that's where I see a lot of this. I, I think so. Let me answer your question too, because your original question: What does a perfect America look like? I mean. Difficult question, but like you know, maybe maybe a better question is like, what what does a a presidential hundred day plan look like? You know, what what, yeah. what what should what should President Trump be saying right now? Yeah, please, because you know, then he doesn't need to identify that. Like, what is what does the next four years look like? And the thing about conservatism 
is fundamentally that it is about conserving conserving things that work and then solving new problems within a framework that also works. Progressivism changes constantly. It's like change for the sake of change itself. Yep. And so and so, but a lot of people are looking for change. And so you have to identify you have to understand that. And what are they looking for change in? Healthcare. People don't like their healthcare plans right now. I mean, maybe they do if they have like a good one with their with their workplace. But for the most part, they're too damn expensive, um, and they're and they're too complicated. The rent's so, too damn high. So what do we need? We we well, we need to know how much healthcare costs. So price trans- transparency would be a pretty good start. The administration just had an executive order that that basically enforces that. Hospitals don't like it. Um, yeah, because they're going to have what? to come out. It's good. It's good, and we want to encourage more. You know, more like you know, uh, standalone clinics to to operate outside of that. I want to encourage more direct primary care. That's a long, complicated conversation about what direct primary care is, but it's basically think of it like a subscription service. And you have a primary care doctor you pay like seventy-five bucks a month to every every month. That's your doctor. Now it's not insurance for catastrophic issues, but it's mm-hmm. like healthcare, and it's like a cell phone bill. This is a real model that works really well. We should encourage. We should, we can find ways to uh, elicit more of that into the market. Um, we need we need more choice. We need more competition. We need more free market in healthcare. But we also want to encourage what the Democrats want, which is everybody gets access to it. Yes. So the thing is, but you have to keep quality along with that. So and that's what they are willing to give up. You, that's you, not a good thing. You said it perfectly. I'm glad I let you talk there. Quality equals competitiveness, right? So when you have a non-competitive market, you don't get quality because right. there's no incentivization yeah. to be to, you get to Canada, be the you, get, you, you get the UK, right. you get you're like a standard. You you're, don't. You you're don't, not going anywhere else. You don't get the lasers. You don't get the night vision. You mm-hmm. don't get the 160th soar. You don't get the best in class unless you're willing to yeah. go through the selection process and go through right. this arduous process to get where you're at. And the, but that's what breeds progression as far as technological advancements and being a clinical person in your profession i think the medical industry as well but i I do agree in your sentiment is like i think a weird thing for me with this and this is nothing with my bicep but the the hoops that i've had to jump through as a non-essential surgery have been pretty significant and and i'm using that as a microcosmic example of what i can't imagine a cancer patients going through right now with Mm -hmm. the covid19 stuff and it's like there, those are the reforms there, which I think that people need to focus on as far yeah. as like the basic human rights and the basic medic, like the things that are the, the core competencies to an American public existence and quality of life that we have to focus on rather than yeah. fucking microaggressions. And, and that like, is, and then that's where Republicans need to need to fill the void because Democrats left this void a long time ago. They're, they haven't been the party of the working class in decades. You know, they, they moved very swiftly into a... a, a a, a, a politics of oppression, a, a, poli- a grievance politics type mentality. And it's very dangerous. It's ripping yes. the country apart systematically. Um, Republicans can easily win if we, and, and, and Trump kind of brought this into the Republican Party in an uncomfortable kind of way. You know, the, this this idea of fair trade versus free trade. And, and I think as Americans, we probably did lean on the, the free trade ideology a little too hard and, and failed to notice that nobody else was playing by those rules. And, and there's and there's a lot of yeah. and there's a lot of resentment towards that. And so like and so like the left will try to criticize Republicans. Oh, you guys just change on a dime on the trade issue, and it's like oh, it's a little more complex than that, you know. Because Trump does have some good points. He doesn't always tackle it the right way. It doesn't I don't I don't, I don't know the tariffs are the right strategy, <laughs> but but it, it's it's not incorrect to say that it's been unfair and that we need to address it and that our working class needs to be able to build more things. 
building more things in America should be a pretty high priority. Yes. Um, you know, and, and this is, it's it, no, it's simple to say, hard to do, but not that hard to do. One, make business in America more competitive. Our Tax Cuts and well, Jobs Act did a ton of that. We're falling back on what you said about right. policy permits. It's like, right. permitting, yeah, hey, regulation, hey, we need, permitting. To, we need to bring businesses back here. Well, and then you it, go, hey, I want to bring a business to this city. Oh, right. well, it's going to take 12 months for us to yes. give you the permits or, to build. Or and, if I want to widen a highway or yeah. build a pipeline. Like, can't discourage these things, especially like natural gas pipelines. If you're an environmentalist, you should be loving natural gas pipelines. And if anything, let's make sure we're building those into export terminals. Again, let's build things into export terminals and ship that to China. Why? Because then China will buy our natural gas, which is cleaner than Russian natural gas, by the way, just because of the processes we use. And then China will use a lot less coal. So if you care about the environment, but these are real solutions. How do you unite the, the things? And, that, and that's like, I mean, I'm too stupid again, but like, I don't, I never understood that. It's like, how do you unite the people? And I, I'm not speaking, I'm generalizing here and stereotyping, but like, let's just say a hyper progressive. That's like the environment matters. People shouldn't hunt. It just right? takes time. It takes, so I've, I've got, I've had these conversations and they're interesting as hell. It's interesting because they're basing it solely on emotional for, for, component. For, for people who are like open-minded, because some people will have those conversations with you. Like they just don't know. Right. And, and then like, it's refreshing. Cause you're like, let me tell you. Yeah. It's interesting. And, and like, I'll be like, and they'll, and they'll, and they'll say, no, we got to focus on, you know, they'll, they'll think a lot of things that just aren't true. Like America's throwing all of its trash into the ocean. And it's like, oh, it's just not true. Right. It's just, I mean, it's just fundamentally yeah, yeah, not, true. not and true. And like, they just don't believe it. And so you got to, it takes 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes to get, to, to make somebody understand that. And, and then, and then they, they'd be open-minded first. Like, and, and, and more people are than you might think, but a lot of people aren't. Hope, yeah. And so it's just present, getting the information to people is very difficult because people have sectioned themselves off from information that they don't like. But that is the exact problem that I don't know how to combat. It's a very it, difficult it, one to combat. It's like I have so many friends in production in Hollywood and Los Angeles that I talk to, and they're like closet gun guys. They're closet hunters. And they would be fucking vilified, fired from their jobs if they even mentioned that. They, they, they'd fire for cause for whatever reason. But then I'm like, you have the person firing them that believes in conservation, but then they're vilifying a hunter, and you're like, well... You realize the majority of conservation efforts come from yeah. organizations hunting like Bass Pro hunting, Shop and, yeah. and yeah. National Park Permits and all these things right. to contribute because you're not paying out they, a dollar. They, they to, just think you're lying. And then they well, just they just think you're lying when you try to tell them. Well, these people things. just don't I mean, they don't have we we are in a generation now where you can be vocal and loud with an opinion about something that you don't understand. Yeah, at social all. media complex at all. Right. Like, well, it is what I write about in my book, because I'm gonna keep plugging that. Hey, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fortitude, 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 the best book on the planet, next it's, to thank you for my service. Yeah. Yeah. I had a dude write me there days. It's just, let's get fun for a second. He went, Don't you ever fucking thank me for your service, you piece of shit. And I was like, Wow, wow. you got really offended by my book title. It was a joke. Such but, a nice book yeah, title. Yeah, it was nice. I was, was like, Hey, man, I enjoyed that. my job. Thanks for those taxpayer yeah. monies that let me go jump out of helicopters. It was super fun. Yeah, I loved the title. I told, I told you, I think it was an excellent <laughs> title instead of, um, you know, we haven't even gotten to like veterans issues. The um, but 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 anyway, the the, the, the I mean, line, we, the we line, can, we're, the we're past the time, but we can go as long as you want. Yeah, well, as long as you, it's your podcast, no, we can do shit, whatever. We got Dan I do have Crenshaw to, here, man. You're an interesting yeah. guy. I like this a lot. The line I wanted to say was we, we've we've replaced we've replaced reason with passion, mm -hmm. and that's a very dangerous yes. thing. 
We've we've basically there he is. That's Joey. I think I think Joey. that would make a really good shirt for your yeah. site for your campaign. Oh, it's true. Is reason with the greater sign passion? Yeah. Reason better than passion. <laughs> it's true. It's like we, I'd you know, wear that shirt because people who have started to think that showing a lot of attitude and owning people is better than sophistication. Owning people, I'm woke. Yeah, well, isn't woke, that, bro. It's, it's part of the cancel culture, right? People, if they if they can't rationalize with an ideology and or accept, no, I don't think the dog wants beer um, and or accept that they might be wrong. They want to cancel you. And I can't tell you how many times I'm sure in your life too, but from my own individual perspective, I've been wrong so much in my life. I've said shit that I regret. I've done actions that I regret, but all you can do is slowly progress forward, but it requires you to really check your ego, especially as a confident dude that was like, man, I do my research on a lot of things. I spend a lot of time trying to educate myself, but I'm fucking wrong more than I'm right. Yeah. But you, you, you have to be open to new ideas and critically think through them. That goes back to that conservative mentality, which is why I think that way is like when I hear an issue, just like in business, the only reason like why three knuckle draggers, JT, Evan and I created such a large business is because we had a value proposition of what we want to create, what we want to do in the veteran space, how we want to change the narrative socially of what a veteran stands for. But there is so many like issues that we've dealt through across the years and even being vilified by our own community at some points. And like, but you have to work through those things. You have to be open to new ideas and you uh, being, <laughs> being sellouts. And we're like, right. what the hell did we sell out? We yeah. created our own brand. Like even, that's, yeah. the- <laughs> but that's the part of being resilient and not having that victim yeah. mentality in my own. And this is just my own words. It's like, you have to be tough in life. Like life is not a good thing. And, and, and it's hard, but at the end of the day, we live in an American society that is absolutely phenomenal. You can succeed if you want to. And I would I would gladly welcome anybody on this podcast that wants to sit right next to me and say that you can't succeed. Tell no. me. Like th- those own those own freaking No, because you that you're th- dealing with the, are your own goes, constructs. This man. goes back to you know having like a broad spectrum of experience. You and I both know guys that grew up in Afghanistan that are now succeeding in America 100%. to guys that like yeah. uh yeah. guys like E-class our first AD who yeah. who you know was in certain regions of the country that were really really bad was involved in gangs and then decided oh hey I want to I want to know how to use a camera I want to now he's directing music videos for yeah. the biggest hip hop artists on the planet like so it's like we have experience well, with these people that yeah. that made the conscious and, decision and, that said, "I want to change my life." And that's where I disagree hyperly. Sorry, I'll, I'll get I you. Have to pee. Oh yeah, go pee, <laughs> go pee, go pee. But that, that's Jared. That's where I absolutely drastically disagree with the progressive mentality. Is that 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 life is always easy? Like no. I'll tell you right now, it's not fucking easy. You hit speed bumps every single day. It, there's trials and tribulations. There's sacrifices you have to make. But then you have to look at your life and go, what matters most? For me, it's like living a drama-free, happy life. And there's a lot of consequence that comes with that methodology. But and creation. you work through it. Creation. Yeah. Like, that's important to us. Like, we wake up and we have to make. We have to create. Yeah, and you, and you know who you are. And I think a lot of people in current day society don't. They're, they're so involved with this fucking phone. Like, I, I would venture. That's why I joke about that. All yeah. anybody wants is the new iPhone. No, it's. Because it's all anybody. Like, I was at, I was at uh, Sauce the other day, <clears throat> and I was just looking around, and that's all anybody but, was doing. Like, it was just. It, it's, it's all psychology, right? So it's like my, my version of how you could actually better reflect yourself and who you want to be would be like, take, 
like no one's going to do this, but take seven days, no phone, no service. Don't cheat. Just sit on a fucking mountaintop, go somewhere. And the only person that can talk to you is your own thoughts. Mm. Figure that dude out. Figure that woman out. Figure that transgender person. I don't care who you are. Figure that person out. And your perspective on what matters and happiness in life will be far more profound than you judging yourself off of like social fucking, you know, uh, conformity essentially where it's like you're tailing yourself to your audience and what they want. And, 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 and that happens in any tribal mentality, any, any click, any of all these sub sub contexts of, of, of how we operate as humans, figure out who you want to be first. And then you have such a far more profound like example of like what you want to do with your life. Yeah, but it's hard. A lot of people won't go through that because it requires work. It requires no. you to be hyper uncomfortable. It's hard, and I'm not perfect, but like, man, it it requires work. No, no, no. I've been uh, I've actually been very mindful of that the last few months about putting the phone down. You have to and getting away from it. You and have it's to much more like like also realizing enjoy what's in front of you. One hundred percent. It's like. We all have a party or something for Fourth of July or something. We all come together, but then everybody's just like this. Yeah, it's like no fuck off, fuck like, fun, enjoy the like, moment. And, and and that's like <laughs> not to be a fatalist here, right? But that that's in in essence what life is. We try to progress as a society and set up future generations to be successful. But at the end of the day, if we're not enjoying our lives, what the fuck is the point of all of this? You have to sit back and go. You know what? I'm gonna put the phone down. I don't really care if my Instagram photo that probably didn't do well because it didn't have multi cams or a gun in it's it. It's gonna does. be there. It's gonna be there. It's there either way. The reception of it doesn't matter. What matters right now is making my family, my best friends, and and everybody around in, me happy in, and making me happy. Inviting another human over to hang out with you, but hanging out with you means you both are just staring at yeah. your phone. Like, and we all do it. Start. Yeah, we all do it. Start. Start. Like actually, rec- like like calling yourself out when you catch yourself doing it, you'll realize, oh, okay, yeah, this is actually oh, a problem. Oh, like, it, it's I, why did I come over here? Then I guarantee you, it's a significant problem in ninety nine percent of the people <laughs> listening to this podcast, to include my own life. Right. I can go two more hours now. Two, oh yeah, two. <laughs> no, Deuce. got like it. The longest got episode it. ever. Well, yeah, we don't have to. You had a good bio break. Uh, I've learned that in PC culture. I have to say, I can't say piss break. It's a bio break. So. Oh yeah, does PC culture was yeah. that? I, I mean, don't. You guys swear a lot on your podcast. We do. So. Yeah, I say that for yeah. a lot. I am who I am. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, I don't need I don't it, but fuck. I like but, it. But but I'm just saying, why can't you say piss break? I can. I was making a satirical representation of a PC culture that oh. it, it influenced me to say bio break. Yeah, well, I mean, you're from California. Yeah, bro. Just yeah, like so not. <laughs> and you lived most of your life in San Diego. Uh, Ten years. It's true. Yeah, it's true. It is the longest. Like. Dude, San Diego kicks ass. Sam, right? yeah, like place and time, I guess. Yeah. Dude, San Diego it's, kicks it's, ass. It's wonderful, wonderful place. Um, it's very different from all the other, like, because you, know, you know, everything's political with me. It is much more reasonable than the rest of California as far as LA and San Francisco. There's a lot of conservatives there, like the microbreweries there. I think it's the influence of the uh, military culture that's absorbed yeah. in the local community has yeah. been a big, big influence and on they've that. They've fared very well throughout all this, yeah. you know. I have a very direct question for you okay um yes it's it's gonna be humorous his voice listen listen i just this is something i need to know for my own personal sanity oh god 
Is there any sort of hot dog legislation being passed around <laughs> in the house leg- right What now? would the hot dog legislation look like? I'm just asking. I'm, I'm, I don't want to be blindsided. Do you I don't want, want more wake hot up. dogs or less hot dogs? I want more dogs. hot dogs. How could you need, I mean, well, is there a shortage of hot dogs? Uh, there is in my house. Well, that, you have to go to the grocery huh. store. Hot dogs are essentially just ground meat. Do you think you have a right to hot dogs? I yeah, do. do have a right? I do have a right. Why do you think you have a right to because hot dogs? Because I am Lord Hot Dog. <laughs> you are Lord. So Hot you're Dog. placing yourself in a dictatorial position where you feel entitled to having that position as no, Lord Hot Dog, not being I'm, elected into that by the hot dog followers. I feel like yes, I gave myself <laughs> my own title, and with that title comes entitlements. <laughs> <laughs> we found ourselves that a liberal was, boy. That was a genius. I just want to make sure that I'm not going to wake up to a tweet. For some anti-hot dog legislation from you, and now I'm going to be like, "Hey, what I the mean, fuck?" Now I might. Now I might. Just because just you because. are a monster. I'm voting yes in that. I have no what, power. Why would you? you just, why, why are both of you like you're my friends? And you're like, diabetes hey, let's is real, and, and I'm worried about your health. And I think yeah. you're a nice, Di- smart diabetes guy. Diabetes is a condition that makes coronavirus worse. So, yeah. you know, do you want to be part of the problem or part of the solution? Wait, no. I had a really I'm, bad joke. I got you, no. I sh- I'm not eating sugars. It's just dogs. Yeah. Yeah, there's no what? sugar in hot dogs. Do you really like them that much? Is this a real thing? What, yes. hot dogs? Hot dogs, yeah. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Like I, got some, like, I got some Wagyu I hot think, dogs from Japan. I think we could work through like yeah? what probably a Michelle Obama <laughs> was trying to do with the educational system as far as health eating um, yeah. um, with, with Jared as a case study. Yeah, well-intentioned, by the way. But man, those are the worst school lunches ever. Everybody hates the Obama Good intentions, bad program. judgment, man. Yeah, Good terrible. intentions, bad judgment. Again, yeah, everybody, everybody he, this is the problem with progressives. They think a bunch of scientists can just like make it all work. Yeah, but it just never don't have works personal that way. Skills ever it just doesn't all. work that way. No matter how badly we want it to, it never works. And I find it so interesting because, like at Harvard, I would just—you really are with people who are truly well-intentioned, and they really think that they've that they've got these like scientific policy solutions, and it just never works. It no. just does unless unless it does work if it's based in sound principle. But they don't. They don't. We're in con- a vacuum. They don't confront their ideas, their creativity against principle this yep. is their main fallacy love this i'm ready for this rant let's go well that's kind of it it's, it's a, a very simple well, no 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 no, <laughs> it's no, very, no i'll expand right, on that back to the dogs no no well, <laughs> but, but more importantly this is why you can't make everybody get hot dogs no but to, to, <laughs> to compound on that man it, it's the same thing as marketing tactics right you not tactics uh, a strategy you can look at it from a harvard perspective and go you know have what would Harvard brief probably have, have the best leading market innovation as far as your product set, have something that, you know, applies and appeals to a specific psychographic or demographic perspective. So you can, you know, build personas based off of your consumer behavioral patterns and market directly to them. In theory, in theory, yeah, that works. Right. But, Until but there doesn't. is a sense of <laughs> human condition and understanding and being intuitive with your own thoughts. It realizes People aren't just going to like fall into that or or placate their fucking behavioral patterns and go, I, I need to buy this because I saw an ad and it's better than mine. There's branding associated. There, there's cultural movements associated. It is such a larger picture. And then a lot of these companies that I've seen that don't succeed based off of these like mm. com, like fundamental fucking marketing strategies strategies they completely get so mad after yeah. well they like, don't they don't f de- you f this f they don't that, decentralize f right and you have to realize you failed because maybe it just didn't work you know and they look at successful companies and be like man I, i've had like seven failures in business for one success so it's like well two you're successes like the, you're like the like, exact 
statistic, isn't it? Like seven is the oh, statistic. Yeah, yeah. Like we've definitely like had seven. But, and, and that's the thing. Like I said that in my It's Who We Are. I'd love to do one about you, by the way, for Black Rifle. But uh, is that on the list? Should, it is. I think on it's there. on the list. What? What is it? Uh, we didn't tell you about that yet, but uh, we can. We, get we have a series called It's Who We Are, and we kind of highlight. Oh. Uh, oh. It's like a veteran story documentary. Oh, it's more yeah, of a serious yeah. format. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you have any like good photos of you in UDT shorts and stuff? Can you text those to me? I I have less photos in UDT shorts than you would think, and I I like struggle to I, I didn't even I had to like I don't have any UDT well wait I thought I found some new ones we should start a movement about how us OG guys back in the day don't have any cool guy photos because they didn't allow us to have any photos and tar- yeah. cameras and target no, no, I, I, have, iPhones. I have some cool photos because we had a combat you camera you, you, you and yeah. I were deployed like four years before he was even on a team I know I'm saying I don't have a lot of photos yeah because we didn't have cameras then are you like regurgitating digi- the digital exact cameras that didn't I just exist said. as easily? Yeah, yeah, yeah he, he, he doesn't listen a lot. You know, <laughs> he's got hot dog in his yeah, ears. Call, start calling he's got You're my new progressive. What is that? I mean? have a progressive friend, everybody. Jared what, Taylor. What, what, <laughs> is that like special? Yeah. All right. Sure. Do I get a trophy? What is this? Yeah, you get a or like a metal stuff. Yeah. Is this like the? It's, it's tobacco-free nicotine. I've tried that. I don't like it. Can I have one? Sure. Sure. Yeah. I guess we'll go down this route. grip. I still like my grizzly. Oh, you're still going so grizzly, you're, huh? I'll be honest. So you're like, married married with like chopped or just married with two dogs. Yeah. Two dogs. We you got, you got nice little dogs. Yeah. Which, which, yeah, I, I mistakenly oh, assumed yeah. you had kids. Yeah, we, we want kids. Are you getting trying to have Jared? kids as soon as no. possible? Okay. Are you uh yeah, Jared? Yeah, yeah, I know. JT landing page. <laughs> <laughs> uh if this isn't overextending my questions, um, what what does your wife do? Uh, well, she's, she's a dental hygienist by trade. Okay. Um, she is, uh, starting to open up a, a small business. So we'll see about that. Um, if and, she gets the permits. Yeah. yeah it's, it's all it's about got, the permits. It's complicated. Dog. She's, um, and uh, so I won't say any more about it, uh, Possibly at this point, no just publicly. Cause it's just, we, we don't know yet. Um, but when, when we left the military, um, was she we, in the military as well? No, no, okay. no. I mean, you know, but, it, but you yeah. know, it's a team right. effort. 100%. And, um, and so, and so she never got another license in Texas for, for dental hygiene. So really she just works with me. I mean, we just travel together all the time and like, we're just doing the, she's, you know, just kind of an integral part of what I do. Yeah. Um, and like, and, 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 and I have so many bosses. It feels like, even though I'm technically the boss I have, cause my, my district director, she's like my mother. Um, you know, she's, uh, she's just been doing this a long time. she, my campaign, you know, runs my campaign um, as well, and so, and then my 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 chief of staff, um, another another awesome lady who's also acts like my mother, and uh, and then my wife who just also tells me what to do. So I just have so many bosses. A lot of people telling me what to do. Yeah, 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 and um, but it's but it's a great team, and again, you kind of learn this from the military too, just like how to build a proper team and how to make sure that you're you're. You, you build that team with people who disagree with you, not too much, because then it's just then it's yeah, just nonsense. Yeah. But but people who are like, I don't like your judgment here, and I'm like, Oh, really? Yeah, really? I, yeah, I'm smart. But I'm yeah. gonna, but I'm still gonna listen because I'm because I'm also smart enough to listen and and to but then to make my own judgments, of course. But like, so it's a very healthy team, and I'm like, I'm very really happy. Have? It's so different than teams in the military, by the way, right? Because <laughs> yeah. it's like it's all civilians, yeah. and we have a couple of vets on the team, but. Um, for the have most you, part, it's not. Yeah. Have you had any of your 
friends, lifelong from the teams or anything like come to you with ridiculous requests. <laughs> like, just like, oh, you can fix this now because you're a congressman. Like, what fucked up texts have you got? Like, hey, man, can I, you I, help I, me with this? Yeah, I do a lot. Um, <laughs> sometimes it's really sad because it's like, because I have a high profile and so... A lot of veterans come to me with stuff. You guys have a rooster crowing. Yeah, right I mean, there's, well, a few, there's like hell 10, is going there's like 10 on, roosters out there. This is Jared's yeah, house. They're hey, everywhere. it's the sun setting. Why are we... There's a pile of trash out there. What that is going? the burn pile. Jesus, why are you looking at the burn pile? Why are there office chairs around the burn pile Because outside? that's where we sit this for is, our meetings. This is a nice Haven't house. Haven't you seen the Facebook Should, ads about yeah. lung issues, Jared? Yeah. What? Burn piles. Oh, Huh. It's like a massive uh, veteran issue we have to go through. Just, like yeah, I just, it just makes me feel at home. <laughs> All right, well, tires in there. Yeah, so yeah. Have you had, what's the most ridiculous request you've had? Now, let's get back to you burning. your. Anyway, the, uh, well, here's the funny one. A bunch of guys are really bad because this, the DOD recently went real hard on coronavirus stuff. Mm. And they were like, hey, no haircuts, no bars. Like you can't, even if bars are open and you're where your base is, you can't go. And so all the guys were like, you better do something about this. And I was like, like uh, it says here, you don't have to get a haircut. Yeah. Yeah. Why are you complaining? You've achieved this is everything, everything that we wanted, wanted. Our whole <laughs> lives. I'd be walking Being around in the, and the first idea with relaxed grooming standards of beard, long hair, and be like, spec ops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, what's yeah. up? Yeah. <laughs> We're so cool. Well, then let's, We're let's, so let's cool. kind of end on this note then, because obviously, as a uh, medically retired veteran, special operations guy, like I, I know that the, the veteran. And you being a combat veteran that's wounded comma wounded. <laughs> uh, that's a wounded. like what what are the what are the primary issues you see right now in in the veteran community because i have my own stance there i sit in a few nonprofit boards i've kind of invested most of my free time in doing what i think really matters but i'd be, mm-hmm. I'd be curious on your input of like how, wh- how do you see the veteran community right now and then how do you see the issues that we need to address i know that's a very broad in general question but yeah. i'd just be curious a little bit if you're okay with that yeah um, it is brought, I think I want to see healthy transitions from the military to civilian life because I've experienced that somewhat recently and it's, it's hard. It is. It's hard even for me coming literally with a, the very prestigious undergraduate degree, immediately getting a very prestigious graduate degree and still being in a position where, you know, cause you're like, because you realize how much they take care of you once you get out. It's awkward because you're getting out in my case, 10 years. And so you're not going to start at the bottom somewhere else because you're, you know, I, I, I left in Oh four. Okay. And you're not going to start an executive somewhere because you don't know anything about whatever institution you're applying to, whether private or public. Now I, I constricted myself quite a bit. I was only looking at public institutions. Like I wanted to go work for the government and policy. It's very specific. So it's, you know, it is. I, I would have had a somewhat easier time just going into the private sector, I bet. But I was looking for this. And then I ended up running for Congress. So I wanted to do policy. And then all the, overnight, I was like, oh, I'm going to run because my old uh, congressman retired. And let's just, let's do this. Like, that's just how it happened very quickly, like overnight. But there was a time period where it's like, okay, I have a Harvard degree. I am a, you know, Navy SEAL decorated, 
all of these things, but like you just can't find what you're looking for. Yeah. And he wrote a book. You're a stereotypical Navy SEAL. Well, you know, his book better was, looking than his, most. His Navy book seals. wasn't about <laughs> SEAL stuff, though. So I mean, really, is, yeah, it, is this different. the first? Is this the first? I think one Navy book? SEAL jab in there. Yeah, Jared, but is this on. the yeah. first SEAL book that isn't about SEAL stuff? True. True. Yeah, I mean, SEAL stuff is in there. Have you guys read the book? Be honest. No. Wow. You told me months you ago you were sending one. it wow. to me. Then yeah, you were I like, wait, I emailed true. you a wait, wait, PDF. Wait, 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 wait. I'm Jared, like, Jared, I didn't Jared, get that Jared, email. Jared. This is, I'm going to be a progressive. Have you read my book? Yeah, I, I downloaded your oh. audio book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shit, I lost I've that I've gone one. through yeah. your book twice. <laughs> it's fun. Your book is nice. It's fun. It, it, they're very different, though. I mean, my, my book is a cultural philosophy book. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's, it's two things. It's a self-help book with a, with a cultural philosophy later, layered on top of that. Um, with some war stories in it, mostly training stories, because the training of yeah. buds is a little bit more applicable to the lessons I'm trying to give people. And also, I just can't talk about, like, yeah. or I just won't. I can't and I won't talk about just a lot of missions. And also, the, the story has to be applicable to the point I'm making. Of course. I wrote the book conceptually first, and then I filled it in with, like, okay, here's the concept I want to drive home. Okay, what have I experienced in my own life that drives home that concept? And also, what research from psychology is there? What history is there? What from the Bible can I quote that like promotes this particular concept? Your That's how I wrote everything it. It's a very philosophical It's always been book. refreshing because it's always logical. It's okay, hey, these people said this, but here's here's kind of the whole spectrum. Like you you're always give, a very you gotta give full people spectrum. this. And like um I was on Jocko's podcast recently and and like before I went on, I wanted to kind of reread his book. And see just just to kind of get to see what principles there was crossover, and there was one that really stood out to me. It's a very simple thing, and it's like tell people why this is a leader because his book is about leadership, yeah. right? So tell people why, and I'm like, of course, of the course. definition get, of the, the end the, goal, right? There, there's nothing in Jocko's book that you, you don't need to read it. You already know it. Trust me. Um, but most people don't know it. Well, basic principles that are reinstated in your own mental capacity are very helpful sometimes. Where you're yeah. like. I feel that way when someone's like ask why and you're like well of course you'd ask why and you're like oh I guess that's a huge principle I and if and if you're going to yeah. lead people in dangerous situations yeah. which is what yeah. Jocko's referring to you better they better know why like oh, and, yeah. and your, your guys aren't going to follow you into the streets of Ramadi they don't know yeah what? and we, we ran into this in Afghanistan all the time because people are like what why are we going like there's IEDs everywhere like why why are we doing this that's a really legitimate question what to ask. That? It's like, why, why don't we just stay in the base? Is, it, is, is anything we're doing worth a single guy's life? And the answer is no, technically it's not. But there is a broader mission. You know, and, and you have to be able to explain that to guys. And if you don't, it's a bad leadership quality. And, and the, same, the same is true with politics. And this is why people, you know, I, I just have these here's the truth videos. And I, here's, here's one thing I do that politicians never do and they need to do more of, is I, I address directly the argument made by the other side. I don't straw man it. I'm and not, you define wh why your position right. is on things. I'm, That's something that yes. I tell very what their few position politicians is. do. It's like, okay, why why did you vote this way or why did you decide this way? Like, that's what I really love. That's yeah. where you're killing the yeah. social media game. And I, and I miss doing because it because we like, never, we're never there anymore. Yeah. So like, I never get to do these dang videos anymore. Uh, it's frustrating. But it's like, define what the other person, honestly define what they're saying and then address it directly and then explain why your solution is superior. It's a very simple thing. Best idea wins. You, and, and, they, and, and Democrats never fight this way. I'm getting attacked constantly yeah. with either 
lies or just character assassinations or like, yeah. you know, oh, you like Trump, therefore evil. It's like, yeah, this is not a logical thing to say. You know, like, <laughs> you like voted for Trump, you're a racist. Yeah, like, like let's, what? No. You know, there's there's Negative. no policy discussion. It's really interesting. And, and, and the fact that and this is the politician's fault. So some things is like everybody's fault, like our cultural yeah. issues, I think, are everybody's fault. But I think this particular thing is politicians' fault where we don't fight right. We should fight. We should fight a lot. It's part of democracy. Yeah. But you've got to address the other's idea correctly and then just vehemently fight it. This is what I do. And I have no shame in it. And people are like, oh, I thought you said you weren't going to be divisive. And I'm like, that's no, not divisive. I never insulted you. I never told you you were stupid. I never said you were a bad person. I just said all your ideas are crap. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. And that's that is that's, that's literally fair. my job, you know. And I better explain that's why. How, that's how businesses run. That's, that's how how good people do things, you know. It's and, and, and disagree. Yeah, we we have the same like creative prowess yeah. in our stuff. Best idea wins, and you can't be sensitive We're not that your egocentric idea didn't win. No. to no, this was my idea. Like, we have to do it this way. Like for instance, Jared's ideas usually never win, yeah. but yeah. His ideas compound. Have hot dogs in the coffee bags. Right. Yeah. And then we start thinking about coffee bags and we go, well, what if we did yes and, yes and, yes and, and the hot developmental strategy of critical coffee. thinking with a murder board and use, sorry for the PC fucking thing, but like everybody knows what a murder board and, and thing in the military is, is you, you just attack the idea. You fucking rip it apart yeah. until you have seven people that you are logical. It, the why. And then you, you go, okay, this is the best course for, forward. Let's put it into proof of concept. Let's see if this actually works. And then we'll do a feedback loop as far as how that idea is represented, how it worked logically, and how it was implemented in society or in business. And then you come back, and then you do another iteration of that exact thing. And that's like, that's the most frustrating thing for me in politics is like, we're not doing that right now. Yeah, but that's a sign of a good leader, too, is I remember my first experience working with an ODA team as a super young JTAC the the team commander brought everybody together. He goes, all right, here's what we have to do tonight. What's everyone's idea? It was the first time I've ever seen that in the military. Yeah. And I watched every dude with his experience and his expertise and his level put in his input. And then I watched this commander go, okay, okay, let's do this, this, this. What you said is good. Let's compact all that. Here's our plan for tonight. That blew me away yeah. in efficiency leadership. of, leadership. and then good leadership. Um, his name is uh, Rob Gully. He actually used to be the uh, XO of Halo School for a while. Hmm. And he was, he was the team leader. And that, that was my first experience ever with him on a mission was, here's what we have to do tonight, guys. What's everyone's idea? It was yeah. like, holy shit, that's the first time I've seen real Real effective leadership of problem solving a military in, the, in the special operations community is is unique because it's 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 hyper rational. It it is murder boarded, you know, and it's like what are the counter arguments? What are the possibilities? And there, there's no biases. That, that's the that, that's where politics gets all screwed up. Is, well, it's where everybody is, is trying to achieve a common goal, well, and it's like what's but, our best way to achieve it? The problem with current politics is sometimes the common goals are different. There there can there can be no cooperation when the when the common goals are different, and there are some issues where there, where we don't have common goals, and that, that's 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 the hard like immigration. I don't think we have the same goals. No, no, that, I think I think there's like a sense of euphoria associated with all of that. Like there's calculated risks that are absorbed in every decision that you make and i'm sure all of us have been in pre-mission briefs where we go we expect to take five to ten percent casualties and we're like how do we get that down to three 
and you work through that problematically together. And then you might go, yeah, we're probably going to take 5% casualties. But you know, the overall mission success requires a sacrifice of Mm -hmm. fucking courageous individuals. And then you implement it and you signed up for that job. And I think that that's where the, the spirit of the American dream, I hope never gets lost. There's going to be required sacrifices from police officers, from communities that will contribute to the overall benefit and quality of life of the American public. There is no sense of perfect euphoria that will ever exist. It is incapable. We are the free leader and we still have all these issues. And the worst thing we could ever do is be regressive in nature and talk about these the things that are going to take that 5% to 20%. And I feel that that's where that communication is happening right now. It's like we're working, worrying about all this small shit and we're going to take 20% casualties. I want to, I want to like, yeah. let's drive that number down. Let's, let's again say all black lives matter. How do we impact your communities? How do we help you guys out, man? I don't know. Yeah. Like, but let's work through that. And then like, but we have to have the right conversations. We have to critically think, and we have to be a little fucked up sometimes and go, <laughs> this is just, we got to salt that at the hill or that hill. Like you look at like Omaha beach, like they knew they were just gonna get fucking torn to pieces, but we had American heroes. Every single person there deserves a fucking a valor medal for going on yeah. that beach, knowing that they were just going to get brutalized. Yeah. But what do they go? It we're going to free the French. We're going to come in here in the American spirit. Gonna- and I'm willing to sacrifice life, limb, everything because I believe in the spirit of America. And that's what we have to fucking do, man. Like, sorry. Uh, anyways, well, anyways, all right. This, I'll get off my heart. Yes, horse. That's yes. True. All right, Dan, Dan Crenshaw, great. you're amazing, dude. Fortitude. Fortitude, what's your book? You got anything else? Where can people find you on social media, brother? Dan Crenshaw TX on Twitter and Instagram. Dan Crenshaw TX. You can just, you know, Dan Crenshaw yeah. anything Dan on Facebook, Crenshaw. Instagram. I have multiple accounts. It's awkward because it's a official and non unofficial. But on Instagram, I'm just Dan Crenshaw TX. Awesome. That's the best place to follow me. Well, well thank no. you so much for coming down. Thanks for the good conversation. Um, you're a good dude, man. I'm can, can continue the fight, brother. I'm, I'm proud you. of you and keep it up, dude. So, oh man, always awesome hanging out with you guys. Thanks for awesome. having me. Yeah, check out Dan Crenshaw, guys, and uh, Free Range American. We'll catch you next episode. Cheers.